Am I there? I am. Sup, everybody. This is Carrick with ACG, and we are doing the international podcast number something 400 and maybe maybe 450 who knows i i I don't count the podcast anymore i am here with reg silver johnny wait a minute we've got them all reg silver johnny and abzi look Mm -hmm. at that we've got our full Full, team full team full team but we are also we are also here with somebody who's made some of my favorite games we were talking about it earlier he is now doing um audiobooks as well as written his own and that is travis baldry thank you very much for joining us man um, Thanks for I need a little sound effect for guests, man. Oh, yeah, like a... I'll figure one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll fig- or I'll put him into the opening blurb when I'm calling you guys character classes. I'm like, Reg is the fighter, uh, Silver is the cleric, and then we'll have the like the evil rogue be the last one. It'll all- we'll always be the person who joined up. But also did um, games that are, are, you know, they're my favorite games currently, I would say, for space right now, which is the uh, Rebel Galaxy and Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, right? Rebel yep, yep. Galaxy Outlaw. I always get that mixed up and call it Rebel Rebel Outlaw Galaxy, and people are like. Dude, and then there's Rogue Galaxy. There's so many yeah. R Galaxy yeah. things. And Rogue Galaxy is the one we talk about. That's the RPG I like, right? Yep. On the PS. Yep. Yeah, dude, that that was awesome. But thank you everybody for joining us. Thanks to the patrons as well for the um, watching and uh, giving suggestions for the Walking the Walk game design video I did for Forbidden West. A lot of people didn't want to view it because they thought it'd be spoilers. I think I did everything I could to not spoil in that video but um if you get a chance pimp it show tell people about it those are a a blast for me thanks to all the patrons who support the channel as well and people who are here today we are going to talk about games we're going to talk about elden ring we're going to talk about uh forbidden west obviously we're going to talk about star wars online and some of the issues it's had as well as questions that you guys have um i think i do want to first sort of branch out into something did you guys see that Dead Island 2 is coming? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so, crazy because it's been in development hell for like for It's like years. Beyond Good and Evil for Ubisoft where they're like, we're working on it. Uh, Even more it. than that, I think. Like, yeah. like it's, it's been, it's been a, a long ass time. What, what studio is working on it now? They gave it, they took it away from the Dying Light guys and they gave it Techland? to- yeah, they gave it to another company, and then those guys, I think, have lost it, and it's with another company. Jesus but, Christ. Yeah. It's in, I thought it was still Techland, but... No, 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 been, no. Yeah, okay. Or maybe... Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I looked this up yesterday. I can't believe I can't remember this, but I'm not going to waste people's time looking it up. It's uh, just... 2019, the development has changed hands to Dambuster Studios. Hey, thank you, Dambusters, who did do a good game, if I remember right. Da- was Dan Busters the guys who did the Gears of War spinoff? Or was that somebody uh, home else? Homefront Revolution. Oh, okay. That's why I was happy. Because it was the Homefront guys. Even though Homefront okay. Revolution didn't review very well. We know it. All reviewers were wrong. But, dude. Like, I don't know, man. I loved... I really like Dying Light. I don't know what you guys think. But I'm actually really excited for Ted Island. I just love cheesy zombie games. That, and the that idea- game was so yeah. silly. Yeah. Yeah. Riptide was terrible. Remember that? Did anybody play you know, that? I never like, played them. Oh. I've never played any Dead Island game. <gasps> I've only played Dying Light. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Dude, Dead Island is. It, it I have repl- no idea. It has guns. That's one nice thing. You know, so you have your. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not like Dying Light. D- Travis, did you get a chance to do Dying Light or Dead Island when it I came? I never played. In fact, they're both like weirdly blurred together in my brain. With the moment you said. Dead Island 2, I was like, didn't that just come out? <laughs> yeah, right. I can see that. I can see that right. for sure. I mean, because there is, I mean, they are, Dying Light was created because they lost the IP for Dead yeah. Island. So, yeah. yeah, it does It does make sense. But 
my all my these main issue go ahead my, my main issue with the first one was i played the uh like the throwing character like the the guy was like a former quarterback or whatever in dead island and um like that that did not work well because there were, there were frequent times when i threw had to throw my weapon and i couldn't actually to pull it out of the zombies like it fucked out either disappeared or yeah dude i lost every weapon whatever everyone um, <laughs> like i i was so frustrated with that game because you'd you'd hit it and you'd kill them and you'd go to your yep. and the weapon wouldn't be in the body it was like the opposite of fallout games where you kill a dog and he's got a gatling gun and you're like <laughs> yeah where was the dog holding this man that's disturbing so yeah dude i'm excited for it man i, I especially after playing dying light 2 did anybody do dying light 2 this last week since we last talked yeah yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, all all the bugs I was talking about last week have been about. fixed by the really? way. Everything. Everything. Yep. No issues. Most, most most of the keybind issues I've talked about were were fixed as well. Most of them. It's crazy. That's cool. I mean, it makes sense though, right? Because it's their five year game, just like the first one. They did five years of DLC. It's yeah. weird when their new game comes out in the week after their last DLC for their prior game. <laughs> yeah. That is um, pretty unheard of. So it's very cool to see those patches yeah. fixed. Do we have a roadmap for that? Does anybody know? Uh, bet, yeah, They're, they they put out a, a like a content roadmap for like the the initial. Yeah, like, they did. It, it looks promising. It looks pretty good. Excellent. What about you, Travis? Do you do you get a chance to play these kind of games? Like, what's your favorite genre? Um, what's the last thing I finished? The last thing I actually went through all the way was um the Demon Souls remake on PS5. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Beautiful. Nice. Um, I. I, play, I did a little bit of uh, the Diablo 2 remake also on mm -hmm. PS5 just because I the novelty of playing it yeah. on a screen with right. a, a controller. Um, and what else have I played recently? I mean, I, every once in a while I go back and I ping Cyberpunk. <laughs> now, of course, there's a big patch out and I'm like, yeah, but I have all this other stuff. I don't really want to go right. play with that right now. It feels like it's like it's, it's out of my frame of reference. I've have, have, I have a tough time imagining going back. Um, so mostly I've just been kind of holding on for Horizon and Elden Ring because that's what I want to play. And I kind of I kind of squirrel away my time and I only put it into the games that I know I'm going to really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, Do you I, find I yourself doing that because you're just too busy or because it's easier to just concentrate on one and return to it. Because we talked about this so that people know prior to the podcast, we were sort of talking about returning to games and stuff. Is it sometimes that you're just like, I, I want to stick with one that way. It's not different control schemes or is it, I mean, do you just find well, some fiction to sink I, into? I find that in my old age, there's, there's most <laughs> games are good now. It's yeah. like, there's not that many bad games. Most right. games are actually good. So I kind of have to come up with some filter to whittle it down to something that I will play. Otherwise, I will play 10 minutes. I will put it away. Some new thing will come out that also looks good. I'll get it. I'll play 10 minutes and I'll move on. And right. I never mm -hmm. play anything. So I've just sort of, I have narrowed down my sorting to just, I have to pick just a few things that are really, 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 really good. And I will play those because then I have a reasonable chance of devoting enough time that I will have appreciated them for what they are. When you did uh, Demon Souls, for instance, uh, did you do that? Did you do the Dark Souls games prior? You know, I did. That, but did, weirdly, Demon Souls remake is the only one I've ever finished. So I always got reasonably deep into the first Demon Souls, uh, or Demon Souls, Dark Souls. I didn't really play much of two. I only got like half, like mm -hmm. halfway through two. I got a little further into three. But I never finished any of them. And I did, and I enjoyed Bloodborne a lot too. But I've never finished a single one of them. This is the only one I've finished, and I'm not sure if that's just because. 
it played so dang well on the PS5 and the frame rate was so freaking stable. Yeah, right. Um, it, there was just the, and the the respawn times after death were so infinitesimal that the frustration level was just like pared back. Mm -hmm. It was just so much, it just felt so much less painful to die right. than it did in any of the other ones for me for some reason. And it was gorgeous, which didn't hurt either. So it was just the first one I finished, but I had spent significant time on all the previous ones. Dude, that game, I mean, I haven't got a chance to, I've got it. I played a little bit of it. It does look phenomenal. Um, it, what I found about the old ones, they, I don't know with this one, if they cleaned up some of the input timing and all that stuff, but it did feel a little bit more modern. It's just like, it, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the frame rate being finely solid, you know, cause Bloodborne for instance was really bad frame pacing and yeah, a lot yeah. of micro stutter. So getting you'd, and if you're a good player, you see micro stutter and can confuse that with a movement of an enemy or something and go like, Oh God, I got to do this. Yeah. And it, it feels like demon souls uh, was just perfect frame rate. 60, 60 frames a second goes a long way to making that game really, really playable. Oh, yeah. And yeah. dying and just instantaneously being back. I, I, can't, I can't imagine playing Dark Souls or any of these games less than 60 FPS. I think I'd um, I'd die way more. That's for sure. So, I, you know what? It's a really good experience. You know what? We can. Uh, anybody else want to talk about that before I move on to input latency and frame rate stuff? Anybody? So, and we can talk about these, add these in as, as games we've been playing. But Horizon... Forbidden West 30 FPS mode is pretty rough when you're trying. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but dude, yeah, I, so I was doing the 60 last night and, um, I probably should have been playing other games, but I, I went back and I was playing it and I did one more cauldron where I went down and there was, you know, there's all these effects and I was like, Oh, I want to see how good it looks. And, and, and you turn it on in 30 and you see it. And if you're not moving, you're like, wow. And then once you start moving, the difference between free climbing that exists in the outside world and the more rigid, almost like uncharted, there's a gap right. that yeah. works. If that makes there's this gap of yeah. jumping where you know where you are. Yeah. 30 was rough because I would be trying to look and I almost got a little like, and I'm the person who always says you're not going to die if you do 30 FPS. I really do believe that. But this time was one of the few where, because there were two jumping mechanics that sort of exist in that game. And, and looking around a lot in contained spaces with motion blur on at 30 FPS, I started to get that weird thing in my stomach where I was like, mm, I might get, yeah. I might get sick from this, man. Like I might, this is, this that. And I missed a couple jumps where the gap didn't feel like it was where, it, I mean, it's not uncharted, uncharted, the entire cliff could be a gap. You know, they, they want to make sure you're not going to die because they're super, right. yeah. Dude, super remember my everything. review video when he yeah. swings, he lets go at the bottom and the character goes, and, and like pops up so that he gets there. But um, so Forbidden West, who's been playing it? Nobody? Not yet. I, started, I, I looked at the settings. I tried 30 and 60 mode. Uh -huh. uh, I had the same impression of 30 mode that, that you had. It's okay. super rough, but looks very pretty. Uh, and I had a weird audio bug, like right in the starting, before I even get to the menu. Uh, the, the opening like recap video was playing for what happened in the past in the previous game. And there was no voiceover for me, like none, just the music, no voiceover, only the subtitles. Uh, and I thought, okay, that's weird, but whatever, it's the opening scene. Let's try the game. Also no voiceovers. What it was and how I got the voices to get going is by getting into the system settings yep. of the PS5. Turning on the fake 3D audio, and only then do I, did I have uh, 
like voiceovers. But when is when is 3D audio ever a good idea? <clears throat> well, their or... games they they do fine. This one's borked, man. Like I that's why I brought yeah. it up so much in my review where I was like in the audio section I'm like, "Listen, man, you're going to notice weird shit for sure." Yeah. And that my DMs are filled with people going, "Dude, what is going on with the audio?" For whatever reason, it's almost like the game because it was on the PS4 as well that they which doesn't have Tempest that whatever they're doing on the PS5 version of it is borked and you have to really line up in the, in the old days, you didn't really have to line things up and they would try to figure it out. You could have like your windows. It'd be on four stereo. Your OBS would be on 5.1 and your headset would be on, you know, heads heads, and it would still sort of work. It doesn't in this, the center channel is either gone Mm -hmm. or so loud. There was a time where I was coming up down a cliff and I could hear these horses that were a mile away, but it was like, it's almost like it magnified and the system got confused and bounced that sound. And it was so when one hoof hit would hit, it go clack, and it was just wow. like, oh, people are going to. Yeah, right. I think they need to patch that. Yeah, before I turned on the fake 3D audio thing, uh, I turned up my the volume of my speakers and I did hear the voiceover at like 5%, at 5% compared to yeah. the music. Yeah, yeah they need it's completely broken. 3D audio, I agree, though, it's rarely ever. I mean, they try to make it good, but there's so many settings now, man. You have to tell somebody, hey, your TV can't be set at this. Your your PlayStation 5 has to be this. Your Xbox has to be this. And then if you have an amplifier, you have to do this. And, if, and it, yeah, there's a ton of issues. So Reg is the only one looking here in voice chat. Who's playing for uh, Forbidden West and what do you think? Oh, we have some super is chats. Is it true? I don't want to miss Is them. it true that you pay less if you get the PS4 yes, version? Yes. And yeah, we'll talk about Definitely that Definitely get the PS4 okay. version. Yeah. Uh, Chris McCombie, $5 super chat. Hey, I just wanted to ask what you guys think of Sony hiding the PS4 version of Horizon on the store. <laughs> on the there P- we go. <gasps> okay. No, was... They hide it on the PS5 no, store. I, I was going to say that because you guys said it right now, but this morning I went in before what? work to set up the, the game. Yeah, and I was gonna buy it because I hadn't bought it yet, and I was looking mm. for the PS4 version because you guys told me, "Hey, buy that." It's not there anymore. Now nah. it's only PS4 plus PS5, which is the full seventy oh. pounds over Classic. here. Nice. Yeah. So the way to get the deal would be to go to the store on a PS4. Well, or to have bought browser. it before. Well, I mean, right now I'm saying, sure, but I'm saying it's out. So the only way for people to do it, if they hear about this deal is to go to the PS4 version of the store. Yeah. Yeah, Or to buy it physical, I guess. Yeah. Or the website, I imagine, because that wouldn't know which console you're on. There you go. Sony has, man, they got to fix that. They got, they, and I think they even said this is the last game that you're getting a free upgrade to, right? Yep. Yeah. So are all their games going to be all their games are going to, yeah. Yeah, you're Jesus and, Christ, uh, man. Do, does the upgrade apply to physical versions of the game, or is it only the di- digital version? I think it applies to all versions. Yeah, I thought somebody had said yesterday, as long as you have the PS4 version of some kind. All right, that would be yet another layer of BS if True. physical yeah. editions didn't get it. Travis, True. True. You, you worked, you've worked with companies, the console companies, right, on your yes. games. Um, yeah. And we talk about this because we have some people who worked with, like, let's say Microsoft when they were terrible at this, mm-hmm. and then when they were good in indie 3D and all, and 3D arcade or whatever on the 360. Sony's back and forth. Do you find, do you sort of understand why these kind of weird things occur? Like, I mean, do you sort of get it? Audio is just 
if we're talking about, or do you mean if you're talking about, it depends I, on which thing you're talking about, well, the audio can, or the... Uh, well, first, let's talk about the audio, because that's, it's, because uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that, but you, I do want to hear about the score. About the, there's just so many, there's so many pathways for audio. Yeah. Because people have so many different speaker setups and mm -hmm. devices, and again, like you're saying, amplifiers, and once it gets strung through all of that, it's not like you on the code side have access to a lot of that information. Right. I can't tell what yeah. your TV set to. There's no way to know what the amplifier's doing, and... It's, I mean, even trying to set up stuff that I know works with my own 5.1 setup going through an amplifier, I'm like, okay, wait, does that sound reversed? Like right. I was just playing Skyrim, actually, the Skyrim re-release on PS5. Mm -hmm. And like all my sounds were horizontally reversed. Really? Yes. I had to, just for Skyrim, reverse the speaker setup in my 5.1 setup. So Weird. People on the left were not talking at, at me from the right. Wow. And back speakers? Uh, on my on my on my rear two and the front one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I had to flip them. I had to flip them. It was bizarre. <laughs> that is <laughs> really weird. That, that is, is really weird. You know, and who knows where the problem actually is? Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know if it's in the middleware. Is it in the software? Who knows? But yeah. it's just so many things in the chain. Eh. And you, as the developer, when you are getting that game ready, all you can say is my settings if you offer audio settings <laughs> tell windows the proper thing and that's yeah, your in right? or the or the or the or whatever the middleware is if i'm using fmod or you know wise. whatever the whatever wise whatever i'm using i'm they just have speaker setups and i'm right. just outputting to that and i'm praying that it works yeah and i listen to it on whatever i can listen it to but how many sound setups can you possibly especially if you're an indie developer how many sound setups can you possibly replicate yeah right you know right. just not enough is what the answer is um, I, I think it is. So it's so weird because like, I still, I cover audio and I'll still hear people say, oh, nobody covers audio, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, for me, every time that I hear that, I'm like, why? Because it seems like everybody knows audio is one of the biggest problems for, for people to get into and understand their setups and their systems. And it seems it like, it seems like, especially as busy as it gets, dude, I don't know if you ever had this, had this issue, Travis, or if you played it, but for example, piping the old PS4 audio through their controller into your earphones it was so compressed and so nasty versus just you know using whatever you had on your hdmi and using that ps5 i've been very happy with um i think they've made some adjustments there and microsoft didn't have this issue i don't know what it was but i had people telling me game audio sound crap and i said it sounded good and they're like it sounds like crap man wrong review and i'm like no you just can't use the PS4 controller for that and so there's another way of doing things through your controller and then third party versus like first party where you might not get a mic output if you do a third party one there's yep. oh it's so, there's so many points of failure and people don't understand what those points of failure are so yeah. what do you do for that do you uh when you nothing, test for it you nothing just yeah cry. Just, you just cry just cry into you your suit it. stuff go there you just cry and you try and explain okay look I, here's what's going on or you try and figure it out figuring out is hard because again people don't know what the failure points are yeah if, if somebody's saying oh ps4 audio sounds crappy to me I mean, how many things am I going to ask them before right. I figure where out? Where do you even start? What, what, okay, well, you know, <laughs> huh. what are you listening in? What, how, how are you getting? There's, it's hard to troubleshoot that stuff. And usually people are put out at that point anyway. They're mad, right? right? Yeah. yeah. They're, not really in, they're not really in the mood to have like a measured discussion about where things might be going wrong. Right. They would just like you to fix it and for it not to suck. <laughs> and like you said, Skyrim reversed your audio, but it was the only one that's the argument that pops up is well the other games work fine which yeah. by the way i had that with forbidden west where my it it crashes ps5s and i was like 
no other game crashes PS. That's all you can say. And then the developer has to sit there and go, Jesus, is it the PS5? Is it a database? Is it? Um, but speaking about the game stuff, Travis, I don't know if you've been tracking this, but Sony's obviously had a ton of issues with their store, separating PS4 from PS5, their cost, the upgrades being free in one time and then not free in the next game. What I was wondering is when you work with console, like if this has ever popped up, is that something that is usually driven? Like, do you get to decide what packages you deliver to a console and say, like, let's say you did a, a, a special edition. Are you able to very easily do that stuff? Or is there a lot of rigmarole to get a game onto a console? And, and I don't it? know about the special edition kind of stuff because I've never done one. Because right. as an indie, it's just such a... It is the edition. Thing. It's special you know? that it came out. <laughs> it, it, it's mostly, it feels like it's larger companies that have the resources to have a team that's just dealing with their editions and all their publication stuff that is going to actually engage in that. And obviously, there's weirdnesses in Sony's store and all sorts of complications. Oh, I want to get the new Cyberpunk update and... I need to do what with my PS4 version and right. how do I move my save? And, you know, there's all the complexities of just how their system is set up to handle downloads and updates and mm -hmm. how those things are versioned. And then there's whatever somebody's marketing said they wanted to do and the rough way that those meet up. Yeah. But I've personally never had to do those sorts of edition breakdowns on a console. So I don't know what sort of roadblocks exist behind the scenes. Have you found console getting a game on the consoles easier than Steam, let's say? No, gosh, no. no it's no, way no, worse, no, right? No, Good, because no, that's no, what no. we've always said, but I want to ask. I asked the Vermintide <laughs> is, guys, and they were like, is no. basically trivial. Seem is basically trivial. It's like, oh, if I wanted to release a game tomorrow, you know, right. you go through you go through approvals, but they're, they're pretty fast, and it doesn't have, you're not going through cert. You know, you don't have a checklist. Mm -hmm. And when we, when we put our console games out, we literally hired somebody to just, I need you to just go through all the certification requirements on this and make oh, sure they're all met. Oh, that's a smart way to just do mean, this because yeah. they're, they're people who do that all the time. They're like, we go, we put games through cert, you know, they're a porting team or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just make sure all those are met because there's a bunch of them. They're all unique per platform. They've all got their own little things. This has to be said this way. You have to use this word. It must be this icon. Oh, you know, wow. Okay. Far from here. Uh, the button has to have the color on it. You can't have it grayscaled out. There, there's, there could be all of these little... And then when you get into the Xbox, then you've got things like where the files are saved and the, the user profiles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta wonder when there's like a game on Steam called Shower With Your Dad Simulator, right? You, you get all those like games are approved on Steam. How that, that gets on, uh, yeah, versus console. You just don't Genital get on console, jousting was right. the one that we played. We're just yeah, you're, it's just that that whole user experience isn't controlled by Steam, but it is on consoles. They have like a you know, mm -hmm. there's those certification requirements so that anybody who sits down with this software on a console, it's going to just plain work. You don't have that same assurance on a PC. It's like, well, something might go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, for for any number of reasons, your system might not meet the requirements. Whatever those, they try and peel all that away on a console, so you got to meet this checklist, um, gotcha. which makes sense, but it's super cumbersome. Um, going to super chats here, we have uh, Nari Nari Nanan. Hopefully, I'm I'm sure I'm butchering that terribly. I apologize. Ten dollars super chat. The Forbidden West walking the walk was excellent. Waiting for your review and walking the walk on Elden Ring. Thank you that's going to be a unique game to try to walk around and not get killed on. Andy Martinez says you can also get it through the mobile app. I'm assuming he's talking about this game, the, the, um, the PS4 edition, PS4 yeah. edition. And uh, then named band again, $20 super chat. Abzi looks metal. Yeah, man, my new band, um, Triforce. That's, that's my accidental goat sodomy, band. his brand new band. Um, yeah. 
Wait, what? <laughs> what, what? What just happened? <laughs> I named your band for you is what happened. Yep. Thank you. No, I, I love name. that name. All I'm, right. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, you should appreciate me at all times. Yeah. I have some stuff here from Patron. Let's see. I want to read this. King's Pass says, Forbidden West did crash on me this morning, but after that, it's been mm. smooth sailing for maybe three hours. Maybe three hours. The prologue area is really big. The prologue area is bigger than three hours, guys, so... Hopefully you don't get more than one crash in there. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. No question. I just need to tell everybody how awesome a game is and your podcast crew. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. It is true um, that that prologue is big. I didn't want to spoil it for people, but we did talk about it a little bit last week. I mean, so we have Red Dead 2 had a long prologue, Forza Horizon 4, um, and then now this, where you can skip this one. I do want to make sure people know you don't have to like mill around in forbidden west if you want to go to the forbidden west you can pretty much do it right away but they do that thing where they open you up into a small section of the original game and so you can like sit around wondering what's changed and all that stuff and i think we've all played forbidden or we've all played horizon zero dawn right yep. yeah is it as bad as red dead starting or is it like less so it's way better because red dead starting you you were stuck and Arthur walks mm -hmm. at one quarter of a mile an hour and fucking, you know, picking daisies and shit in this game. You can run sprint, get to the, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but get to a, you know, an area, do a talk, do a battle. Boom. You're in the forbidden West. So I do want to tell people don't get too caught up. I did. Cause I was like, Oh my God. And the game is the only game of that game is a work of a complete, utter, unbelievable work of art. It's, it is absolutely stunning that everywhere is stunning. I mean, it's it ridiculous. A, it's, I, I watched your walking the walk, right? Yeah. And those layers of detail, Dude. how you were explaining it, it was just, um, it was mind, mind boggling. It, like rivals Red Dead, right? It's, it, uh, it does. It's crazy. It does in its beauty. And it, it like, I'm a big fan of old style D and D painters like Brom or Larry, uh, Larry Elmore, or some of those guys who did old style, like fantasy paintings. It's like Elden Ring. When you saw some of those trailers where they had like, they were standing, you saw the gold and purple and you saw that's what it is. But at all fucking time. It's ridiculous. Like, it's the first game ever where I'm like, I want to go there. 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 And then you get analysis paralysis for a second because you're like, where do I need to go, though? And so what I found was finding where I needed to go and then just sort of looking at all the stuff, you know, and running around. And so just, you think you know, playing in exploration mode is um, is the right way to do it? That's the low output mode, right? With less stuff. I think that's the one that doesn't like that guide is, you. Yeah, exploration mode is without the quest markers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so the, mm -hmm. yeah, the thing is the game isn't great at telling you data without those. So you have to oh, sometimes okay. switch because they'll be like, go here. And you'll be like, where? Yeah. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I would say I just, I can't wait for more people to play it. It's, it's, I mean, that's why I was telling you guys behind the scenes. I'm like, that's the first game where I've just sat back and been like, wow, hundreds of times. It's, it's phenomenal. Silver, did I interrupt you, bud? No, I just agreed with you. Oh, all right. Well, that was an interruption. How dare you? I did have a question for you, Carrick, because uh, I saw today a shout out to past podcast guest, John from Digital Foundry, put out a video on the PS4, PS5 kind of differences. For, yeah, the comparison for the game is great video. Um, and uh, he did a great job showing like some of the differences, um, but but like how they did a good job with the hardware, even on the lower end and stuff like that. Yeah. But for you, like, do you feel the performance mode is worth it? Because you were mentioning kind of cons and pros on both sides where like you had some kind of shimmering issues yeah, as well on the performance mode. There's like no anti-aliasing in the performance mode. 
it's pretty rough. And I got some people tweet, tweeting this morning who finally played it and like, holy crap, it, it's, a, it's a lot of shimmer. Like, just like everything's almost coated yeah. in a, a fine sheen of glass. And um, they use TAA. They use the really high blurry level of, of the temporal anti-aliasing if you use the, the render mode. And there's no sharpening, so you may want to adjust your TV because it can actually look a little too blurry. But you don't have a middle oh, wow. ground. It's either too blurry or sharp. Like, cut oh, your eyeballs. Sharp. It's super yeah. sharp. Yeah, it's like every like I, I, just, plate just of grass. Just in the opening, I was switching around the settings. And in many of the PS5 games, I can't really tell the difference yeah. when I switch, and it's not side by side. This one, but in this one, it's super obvious. <laughs> it's super obvious. Yeah. Oh, really? Like yeah. in high detail, in the high detail mode, in the very opening area, you are there's a tree, and there's like pollen falling from the tree. And Whoa. in the high detail mode, you see it, and it's like nice particle effects and everything. Then you switch to performance mode, and it's just a blur. Yeah. Ooh. There's so suddenly no detail to that. Dude, they push the system. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, 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 of there's, course. There's just so much going on. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's It's so cool to see these because, like, as a kid, you... I mean, dude, there were so many times in this game where I was like, Dad, I want to print that picture out. I want to print this screen out and use it yeah. a, a, on the wall. Like, that's how good the game looks. That's Do you have any speculations as to, like, the PC release? Do you think it's going to be, like, shorter than the, the last... Um last release or? okay so i'm gonna make sure everybody knows i was trolling the entire discord because i somebody asked that and i was like three years i've heard three years i haven't heard three years i was just being a dick i was just i love to crush people that one guy was like man i'm just waiting for the pc and i was like hey man rumor is three years and he's like what um i don't know i it wasn't in the nvidia leak list I don't think true. I didn't see forbid mm. and that leak list has turned out to be true. So I don't know. True. Hopefully, dude, I'm a I'm a fan. I say do it day one. I have no issues. That's the with thing, man. Like and... mouse, mouse and keyboard with Horizon Zero Dawn was amazing for me. It well, just not changed just the that, whole game. But also yeah. high detail and 60 FPS. Yeah. True. Yeah. Because that is well, it needed a patch or two to get there. But um, I'm going to read these super chats and then I want to start talking about uh, Travis's games as well as his background here. Jose. Amizolo, I'm gonna get that wrong. Two dollars. I don't even know why I try last names half the time. Face two three KBZ. He came a nineteen dollar super chat. Xbox had a great fourth quarter last year, but what game releases are coming to Xbox this year besides Starfield? What, like Xbox exclusives? I think that's what he's Probably. talking about. Yeah, because last year was pretty good. Flight Simulator. Because day one Game Pass, there's a like there's a huge like Stalker Two and Atomic Heart. And Stalker like Two is others, exclusive, right? so you is it? Okay, well, there I mean, you go. it's not on PlayStation. It's on PC, right? You know, they're well, not yeah, but PC is basically Xbox. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, it's PC and Xbox only. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. That's so there you go, on. Stalker. If you're a, if That's you're a, a freak one. like us, sim, you know, simulation games like that. Um, yeah, there's there's one of them. Jose ACG has the best writing game reviews. Very much in depth, but also entertaining. Thank you very much. Andy, Gorilla just released an update to fix Shimmer. What? There we go. What? They listened. They're right. Oh. They're listening on the podcast. I'm just joking. Yeah. Awesome. They, they were like, hey, got to fix that for ACG. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much uh, to Gorilla Games for fixing that. I'm going to have to jump in and, and update my system. That's Maybe they Hellblade fixed the crashes. Hellblade 2 as well. Hellblade 2 is exclusive. Hellblade. You're right. Nice. Interesting. Um, jumping into games for a little bit. So Travis, man. So first of all, dude, this is not a joke. You can ask Reg. He was in this. He was in this uh, uh, little Discord yesterday. But we started talking about fate, which is probably so. So that people understand, fate 
How would you describe Fate, actually, Travis? Would you describe it as like Diablo light? It's like a halfway. It's like Diablo one point five. There it's we go. Like a, kind of like a lot of the like the spell kind of systemic stuff from Diablo one. Um, but it's a, but you can actually you know run all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, done in three D with kind of like a vaguely Rankin Bassy kind of aesthetic. Um, so it's like it's it's a semi casual Diablo one and a half. So was that your very first game? Oh no no I mean. I did a lot of smaller games. I did a lot of adver games. I did a lot of um, kind of arcadey stuff when I worked at Wild Tangent. But it was something I wanted to do, um, and I made a prototype for it, and uh, I got to go ahead to do it. And it was supposed to be a one month project, and it made it to six weeks. So I took a little extra time. I think it was six or seven, and uh, I just had a ball doing it because I just basically did whatever I wanted. Um, Obviously, it's got kind of like the limitations of that kind of development cycle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you got so many <laughs> kinds of levels and and you know infinite dungeon sort of stuff. But working within the limitations, it, I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, um, I mean, dude, like I don't think people understand. So there was a couple games at the time. You obviously have your Diablos, Sacred. I can't remember exactly when that came out. Um, I think it was, it was a little before. There Titan was Sacred Knox. Uh, Titan Quest came out a bit after. After, right? Yeah. Um, there was uh, like stuff like Space Hack. Oh, um, I forgot about that one. Closest, that's probably the closest analog because it was a 3D isometric Diablo-like. I didn't like it much, but it was it was about the same time. Um, wasn't Dungeon Siege as well? Or Dungeon Siege did, yeah. Dungeon Siege had already come out. I think they were working on two at the time. Gotcha. I want to say. Um, uh, funny story. I I thought I stole the idea for pets selling stuff from Chris Taylor. Because I thought it was in Dungeon Siege. Oh, gotcha. But I think he had just offhand mentioned that as something that Dungeon Siege would have, right. and it didn't. And all I remember that is, is that he had mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, I got to send stuff to town. That's a good idea. So we didn't do potion sipping, but we did do sending stuff back to town. Dude, it was so um, awesome. So that people understand what fate was. So it is it's sort of like an infinite dungeon game, a, a little bit like a Diablo style where you go down with your pet. And the first one just had, did the first one have a dog and a cat? Or was it just the dog? Yeah, you had a dog and a cat. Dog, and a, dog cat. and a cat. But the great thing about this game is you can transform them. You can transform the pet into creatures. You can send them back to sell your stuff, which is now what we're seeing in Lost Ark, where you use your pet to pick up stuff. Isn't that what you were saying, Reg? It is automatically picking up stuff, yeah. I can't... That wasn't in Fate, right? Yes, it was. If you shift-click okay. anything, your pet would run and pick it up. Your pet would run and pick it up, yeah. the shift-click, and then they would run and pick it up. And, um, guys, I'm telling you, if you get a chance, I don't know how that thing runs on current. On current machines does it does it it's work on steam on so it'll I, oh, they so put it on steam at some point so it should work theoretically it was i think it was DirectX 7 um it should... i might have to take a look <laughs> i i love old arpgs like divine divinity and like a lot of them so yeah divine divinity is still good and that soundtrack Damn. dude the yes. first I, yes. we just talked about this yesterday so yes. reg is getting like oh, deja vu yes. but deja i vu. Yeah, every right. time that soundtrack would come on and she'd be like oh and I'd be like, Divine Divinity, here we go. It's and so I, good. I, it's probably my favorite ARPG. And it had today. the weirdest okay. quests, quests that like it. They were already showing quest chops back then. Like the oh, where yeah, they had so many cool things with the like dropping the thing and using the 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 reflection in the pond yep. in the first area. There's getting so the teleporter cool for going in yeah. and out of dungeons. They had the mad elf who was frozen in a yard somewhere. Like he had a spell on him or something, and he was that that oh, one. Yeah, I could, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm because you, you to, played like, it. Collect two things. Like you played it in the last two years, didn't you? Because I was I, I kept talking it up, and you ended up playing yeah. it. 
Um, yeah. When you're doing this, I, though, uh, Travis, and you're looking at making fate and making it in a short amount of time and and, and saying, this is what I want to do. Is there anything from the original fate that you remember you wanted to go in and it didn't make it in? Didn't make it in. Um, or something that was hard, but it got in. Honestly, it just, I just had, I had a really good time doing it. I don't, I think I had a pretty, I think I had a pretty reasonable idea what I had time to cram in. Gotcha. You know, I always would have liked more tile sets or more monsters or, or, or stuff, you know, more spells, more, uh, more. Yeah. Because it was limited by, you know, but that's, it was kind of what I set out to make which is part of why it was pleasant because uh, I wasn't constantly like, Oh my God, I can't get this in or what am I, I was going to do. And I just went and did it. Um, the first, uh, I'll, all right, I'll tell you my funny story about fishing, why fishing is in there. Okay. So fishing is in that because I used Warcraft three tile sets to prototype the first version because I didn't have any art yet. Mm -hmm. So I just needed to make it. So the very first version of fate, you're running around in like a Warcraft three dungeon with like the same Warcraft three water, but they had, in uh, in War Three, they had the little floating bobbing fish that they would have that they would populate along the shore sometimes. So I had pulled those out and I threw them in the in the water pools. And I was like, "Well, the fish are in there. I should be able to catch the fish." So the only reason you can fish in Fate was because I used a Warcraft Three tile set that happened to have fish. And it started taking that like idea. I thought it looked like you should pull them out. That's awesome. Um, I don't remember where the idea for transforming the pets came from. Probably just something to do with the fish. I was like, yeah. "Well, if I got a fish, what am I going to do with it?" <laughs> Dude, it's it's so crazy back then, and you were talking about like the pleasantness, your idea of what was going on. Was it? Would you say fate was the last time that that was sort of yours, and it was like no, was no. When we got to Rebel Galaxy again, it was mine again. It, was really? that more pleasant, even though it's all on your shoulders? I mean, I you're working against limitations. You know what you got the resources to do. Mm -hmm. So when you're working against limitations that you understand, and you can just act without debate. There's a lot, it's, that's really pleasant. And if you're kind of like a jack of all, like I am, you can usually, you're not, you're not stuck waiting on anything. So I, I enjoyed that. It's cool to work with people because you can do more. Mm -hmm. And the level of what you can do is obviously elevated because you're working with people who are talented in, you know, their specific areas. But when you can work by yourself and you can at least get it done, there's a lot of, it's very satisfying to immediately be able to implement things. Right. Instead of saying, well, in about two weeks, this model's going to show up, you know, oh, we've got to schedule this. Eventually, it's going to come in. Hopefully, it works when it all comes together. Instead, you've got your fingers in all of it all the time, which I find really rewarding. Um, so there was a distinct difference in feel for the spaceships, obviously, from Galaxy to, or. Oh, yeah. Uh, like a, that one, yep. Almost like a battleship. 2D to more mm -hmm. the space fighter. And I know you got some flack for that because I would see the flack. People are like, oh, I don't want oh, sure. I don't want space fighters, blah, blah, blah. But what for you personally, was that because maybe the first one felt a little 2D, even though it really was? Did you want to go more? Did it just so initially, if I had just done it the way I wanted to do it, I would have done cockpit from the beginning. But at the time, it was like there was elite. There was star citizen. Who knew when they were going to come out? They were both. They imminent, felt no like they were sky. there. Yeah. There were all these cockpit big ticket things. So I was like, I better not do exactly what they're doing. That would be stupid. Right. So I went and did something different. And I thought, well, I can do naval combat in space. and It'll be fun. And I prototyped it and it was cool and I enjoyed it. Um, and it was also when you're not in the cockpit, you don't have to worry about modeling cockpits. Another way to reduce your asset load, mm -hmm. because when you pull that scale back, the detail of the world is is kind of blurred, right? right. When you dock in a space station, I don't need to know what the corridors look like because, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's a friggin' battleship. Um, then when we came time to do the sequel, I uh, 
I brought on Howard Day, who is an amazing spaceship modeler, is mm-hmm. just awesome. And we're like, okay, what we're going to do, basically, you know, privateer. And because now we can do it. And Star Citizen was kind of already becoming a little amusing and Elite yeah. had come out <laughs> and what, what it was. And, you know, No Man's Sky had had its time. And it was like, okay, well, we can do this now and we can do something that they're not doing. And it doesn't feel like the train's bearing down on us. And at the same time, we can try and like solve these problems of it sucks to fly in a cockpit for most people. They just can't orient themselves. They can't shoot things. They constantly overshoot. So I was like, well, let's try and we'll try and solve that problem. And we we can do this now safely. So that was the reason for the switch. I would have probably done it initially, but it just seemed like the wrong time. Yeah, it's funny because so I know that people have the certain things that they like, whether it be, uh, you know, giant warships or whether it be in cockpit and mixing the two obviously does sound like it's more difficult. I personally have to say, though, that it, it is weird that your game when it came out, I don't it wasn't anywhere near Firefly, the TV show or whatever, but you had your vocal track, you you know, or your big track that played in the first one. And all. I can't remember who it was. Do you remember uh, who Lou Saraceno was the musician who did the 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 probably most iconic song from the first one. Yeah, dude, uh, that that soundtrack is awesome. When you're when you were doing that, what were your? Um, it sounds like elite, obviously, but for that first one in particular, did you look at like things like Firefly when you decided, like, oh, we're going to be pushed out. This is sort of what we're going for. Because I felt at times that's sort of what it was. It, I mean, I really like Firefly, but Privateer was much more of an influence. Of an influence. It's more, it's more trucker and motorcycle gang than cowboys. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah that is true. That is true. To. Yeah. Um, so it's still kind of that there's a retro field, retro frontier vibe, but it's more like American frontier after after the 50s, you know, where <laughs> um, so more like oil and oil and grease and, you know, how long did that oil. take you to make the first one? Do you remember like from the first Rebel Galaxy was about a year start to finish? Dude, that's um, not bad. Um, and again, it's because of that, those restrictions. It was just me coding it and eric did uh uh like random missions and um uh, economy balancing and kind of like big large-scale balancing and then i just did everything else um and i outsourced what i didn't make and on the art side so it was a very constricted um and then the sequel took multiple years and has a whole lot more content to it right obviously and you know a lot more characters a lot more voice work very fleshed out much more fleshed out and way more music. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just generally more fleshed out and more polished overall. So, Were you happy with the reception for both of those? Uh, I was happy enough. I feel like I don't, I'm never going to really have a clear view of what the reception for the second one really would have been because it was kind of entangled with people's reactions to the Epic Game Store and the fact that we were yeah. doing an exclusive for them. So I don't know if I'll ever be able right. to separate that out in my mind, you know, because there's no way I can go back and say, well... Would people have responded differently to it if it had just launched first on Steam? I just can't know. Um, In the end, I made the game that I wanted to make, and I'm proud of it, and I like it. Um, And that was enough for me, (laughs) I guess, in the end. When when I uh, asked you to come on, we were talking about it, and, you know... um... I had found out a couple months ago. I can't remember. We we I was looking at your Twitter, and it popped up that you were doing um, the book stuff. I started talking to you mm-hmm. about that. What? How? How do you go from game developer to? At first, we'll talk about your book as well. But how how do you go from that to? Oh, I'm gonna do some, you know, narrations. I'm gonna do some some I reading been, of books. 
I started reading, doing audiobooks on the side in the middle of Rebel Galaxy 1, just because I wanted to do it. Um, I was getting the audio equipment together so that I could do the VO without having to go rent a studio mm -hmm. for the games. And I had that equipment. And I like reading out loud. I used to read out loud to my kids a lot. I enjoy it. I like doing voices and vocal performance. Um, so I thought, well, hell, I'll just do some audiobooks. And then I did, and I discovered that I liked it, and I was pretty good at it. So I just kept doing it, and I was just doing. So I did it on the side all throughout the end of Rebel Galaxy and all of Outlaw. So I was constantly releasing audiobooks, but not at the rate that I do now. Um, and as it got in toward the end of Outlaw, I was like, you know what? I don't. I don't know why I have to do just one career. Right. <laughs> I really enjoy this. Why don't I just? And you, there comes a point where you can kind of like you can feel like the wheels taking off you're like i'm getting a lot of work i'm getting known for doing this i enjoy it it's creatively fulfilling i get mm -hmm. to ship all the time people don't hate on me after i do um it's sort of a weird it's it's a very different kind of creative process but that's that's yeah. rewarding and that i liked so i decided to switch and i let my guys know like a year in advance i said okay guys i'm gonna i'm gonna be done after a year and i'm gonna switch over and we've all got jobs and bonuses and money and uh, here's a year for you to basically do whatever the hell you want, and then we'll just tie things off. And that's what we did. Dude, that's crazy. Um, that's crazy. I, so, I, I think it's And then awesome. I just switched over. And then I just switched over, and I haven't looked back. Um, it's pretty cool because, like, when you make a game, you're just pulling the whole thing up out of the mud. Mm -hmm. all, you know, and you put a big pile of money on a table, and you light it on fire, and you pray to God that when it all burns down, <laughs> a new pile of money appears after you release the game. And that's really, really stressful. And you pretty much have yep. used all your energy by the time you get down and you get it out, but then you're not done. So you've depleted all of your energy stores, you release the game, and then you have the post-release, which is more exhausting, honestly, than what comes before. Yeah. It's this very punishing cycle. Um, and most of the, the joy of it comes pretty early in development, where you're like putting the stuff creative. together, and everything's yeah. coming together, and oh, every new week something new is going in. And then the back half is just like, we just got to get this thing done. We got to brutalize out the problems. We got to make sure we got to make sure there's significant content that people feel like they got their claim jumper size, you know, portion of food. Um, and and then you release it. So audiobooks are different. I do something and it takes me three to five days and I'm done. And half and most of it is there's creative input constantly coming from somebody else. This is somebody else's finished book. They already put their love into it. I'm coming in to put whipped cream on the cake and I ship it and it's nice. If people like it, it's amazing. If they don't, they drop a star off your review and then they forget about you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, this, this book was not for me. And then that's it. They don't haunt you on yeah. a forum. I didn't really like this. And then yeah. they get on with their life. It's kind of a revelation. Um, so I really enjoy that because it's constant variety and I like to read. So yeah. when you like, I can honestly see, I mean, we do even talking to Victor from fat shark and a couple others that have come on. Um, the the creation process of the games is that front end and then the you know that rigmarole of trying like bug fixes and trying to mm -hmm. and then obviously it's just you for some of these or a couple of you guys and mm -hmm. i can see that being rough and it's so funny because reg and i do a ton of audiobooks and i'm big yeah. into audio dramas as well special effects and all that kind of stuff yeah and it was so weird to see dude you were talking about getting work and looking at this as a second career that entire industry is exploding like, crazy it's dude podcast i do the white vault i think which is a like a horror uh you know group podcast they do 
And you just look and you, Eric Bana does his, he's got a, the guy from Troy, he's got his own thing on Audible, which is like a supernatural crime drama. And it's nuts. I go there and I look at all the readovers and all of the different people doing stuff. And even David Duchovny from X-Files is like, ah, man, I'll do my book. You know? Yeah, especially now in COVID. Yeah. Everyone's doing a podcast too. Like uh, a lot of actors, Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a good time. A lot of them were trying to make the switch. They're like, I need some work that doesn't involve going somewhere. Right. The funny thing is that acting is not always a good transfer over to audiobook narration because it's totally different. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when you're acting as a person in a, in a show or movie, you're playing one character, and that's it. And they're usually your gender. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, and, you uh, hit on. <laughs> oh, right. The, the worst right. thing is somebody play, trying. Yeah, to when switch. you play when you when you're reading a fantasy series series and there's like 250 characters and they've all got different accents and ages and genders, you're playing everything. And there's also the difference between what is dialogue that you deliver and what's the narrative. And the narrative is his own kind of dialogue. It's like the backing track for the dialogue and a lot of actors don't immediately figure that out right so do you change your voice like when you're when that's you're what i was gonna ask oh, while well, he yeah. answers that i'm gonna go get my dogs yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah yeah like do you actually like uh like put on different voices especially oh, if you're God, doing yes. like a like a girl's voice or, oh, or, God, or yes something? yeah absolutely absolutely um so i end up narrating a lot of what's relatively new genre which is game lit lit rpg i don't know if any of you have heard of this yeah 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 yep. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot yeah. of that um, because that's what people come to me with. I also do a lot of progression fantasy, which is also a relatively new genre. It's based on like um, Chinese cultivation fantasy. And there's kind of like westernized versions of that. Will White's Cradle series is probably the biggest example of that I can think of. It's kind of like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, that sort of vibe, okay. sort of a westernized version. That, that's a of, reference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and character do you do like. Um, do you do like multiple takes after each chapter or do you just like just read through read it the once chapter and, you're through and if you mess up, you just stop immediately and you fix it. You do what's called punch and roll where you just move your playhead back and it plays right, plays right away. Two seconds and you roll right in and you just continue onward. So when you're done with the chapter, you're done. You send it off to be proofed and people will come back and give you pickup notes. Oh, you mispronounced this or you mis- missed this word or whatever. So I guess I guess you're like hitting two words with one stone, right? You're like reading a book you want to read and then at the same time recording yourself. I mean, ideally, it's one I want to read, but there's often. It's right, not. right. I mean, there's a lot of books True. that's like this. I wouldn't read this, but those are just those are actually where it's really work. Because wait, so to... are, are you saying sometimes you haven't already read the book? Like you're reading it for the first time as I you skim, record. I skim them. That's all. Skim, That's all I have yeah. time for, honestly. And honestly, I think that the the read is usually more alive if you're not bored with the book when you first start reading <laughs> it. So what I need to do is I need to know uh, who are the characters, how is everything pronounced, yeah. and if somebody it's... turns out to have an Irish accent on page three hundred and seventy-seven. So that I don't have to go and re-record everything. That yes. Is. So I have Dude, to do that's a big amount of pre-research. So, yeah. But I don't deep read the books. Most people, I think, do. Most people do a kind of a deep read. But I, my schedule is nuts. I don't have time for that. They must be good with like different impressions so, and different uh, different accents and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy mm. it. Um, some of them are more challenging than others. I mean, I never, doing a South African accent is actually not. <laughs> yeah. Thing. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I'm yeah. not. You know, doing that is this hard. I could imagine uh, it, that yeah. literally I mean, popped up. Also like a 12 year old girl that makes it even harder. But. Um, can, can you give us a little sample of one of your favorite accents or voices that you do? Ah, oh, let's see. Putting you on the spot, sorry. <laughs> okay, so uh, in Will White's Cradle series, there is a four-ton turtle that is on fire named Orthos. 
Um, and he's awesome. And his name, his name is Orthos, and he is basically incredibly enormous and extremely deliberate when he speaks. And awesome. so you very <laughs> good, very good, very good. Nice. And and so um, we yeah. had uh, we had the guy who does the uh, solo D and D, Trevor. I can't remember his last name. I don't know why it's spacing me out. But he said the same thing about African accents and stuff. And we, we were talking about, and then you also saw uh, the guy who did the Bourne series. What's his name? Um, Matt Damon. Yeah. And he was saying it's also the hardest. He was like, dude. Super hard. He's like, he wants to be another accent all the time. That's what he said. And he's like, and you pull your mouth back. So teak, you teak it or whatever. And he was trying to explain it to the lady. He was like, your brain is like, what? This is not how anything is spoken. And, it's weird. Yeah, it, it becomes almost New Zealandy in a certain way. So it almost becomes like a Kiwi accent in a little bit. And so you constantly end up accidentally tipping over into like a Kiwi into accent or whatever. <laughs> I I have a question. Go um, for it. So 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 when you're recording, you're yeah. not like bouncing off anyone like a director or anything. You're just no. with yourself. Yep. Just sit in this box right here and I record for that, five or six that, hours a day. That is another major difference with like regular acting because regular acting is often somewhat communal or like mm -hmm. cooperative in that sense where yep. you have someone to, exactly. to bounce I off do. of in terms yeah. of interaction. There are obviously multicast audio, but that's actually the minority. And in those cases, usually yep. they are bouncing off each other. But since I'm also bouncing off myself, it's like I know what the other character is doing. I don't have to like anticipate and true. Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm doing both halves yeah. of any dialogue. So um, um for audio production, are you just basically doing different takes in Premiere or whatever your audio? I use Adobe. I use Adobe Audition. Audition. People use lots of different things. I use Punch and Roll, and so if I make a mistake, I just roll the playhead back, and it cross blends in, and I carry on. And then, and then uh, there's a certain amount of like mastering and processing I do, and then I send it off to my proofer. They make my notes back. I finalize it. I kick it out the door. Um, I usually do six or six or seven books a month. Um, that, that's most crazy people don't read man. six or seven books yeah, a month in yeah, fact yeah, yeah, six yeah. or seven <laughs> books a year is probably most uh, not mine i love reading it's like my favorite thing in the world but that that's you were gonna and, ask something johnny dude because uh, i listen to a lot of audiobooks like uh you know fiction epic fantasy and this sort of stuff and what boggles my mind is when the narrator goes from one voice to another completely different in like the space of a breath, like right? Flows, yeah. right? So yeah. I, I need to hear the inside baseball from you directly. Like when you do you this do kind it. of stuff, do you, do you take a break? So are you doing no, like- you don't take a break. A you just do it. You, you can switch <laughs> just, just like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're just talking along and then you switch into a woman's voice and then you drop back yeah. down and then you go back into the whatever. You, you're just and, switching and you, all you the have time. this, because I see this in you and, and others like um uh, we had, Karak, was, what was the other person we had? Uh, Anthony, Anthony Ingruber. Yeah. Who's also best. really talented oh, so at this good. stuff. And you guys have this sort of physicality where I see like your body language change when you jump into a different voice or to. character, right? So is a that a part of it? Of it? Face. You a lot have of it like face. It changes the yeah. way you sound. So, you know, like you, you loosen your mouth and it gets more sonorous as you as you bring your mouth forward. Is, and is you're also your... working the mic for presence. So as you get closer, you're you're taking right. advantage of the presence effect. It's really physical. Um is it also a mnemonic device for you to remember, like how to step into that voice? For me, it is, yeah, because I know what their faces look like. I have basically like a like a like a mental cast of characters, and how they hold their face is a large part of how they deliver their audio to me. Because you know, is their is their is their jaw out, or their jaw or their jowls loose? You know, there's there's that physicality to the face, 
And then you kind of, it's almost like a bookmark. This is where this person is. You know, I loosen up my mouth or drop my jaw, whatever. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, also, it's, it's like my favorite way to read a book. If I had the time to read all books that I like that way, I would do it. Because you can't skim and it's like you're squeezing all the juice out. Yeah. You, know, you're, you can't miss an emotional beat. You can't have skipped over something. You're not like, I don't really remember what happened. You know what happened pretty, you know, pretty deeply. And so if it's a good book, you get like, like, while, like the while, best version of it. While you're acting per se, does the, do you retain all the information while you're trying to get into those characters? Like, does it? I do retain, retain it better it? than if I do off yeah. the page. Oh, okay. It's well, like you're also using two parts. You're reading internal in your own brain. And then yeah. when you say it, that's that audio yeah, reading yeah. and repeating it. So, yeah. yeah, that's, that's like that's... the same when you introduce yourself to somebody and you ask them their name and you, the thing is, you're like, oh, you say their name back to them and you say their name three times, they'll remember it. It's that same kind of like audio reinforcement. That's a great trick. I used to always forget people's names immediately after they told me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do that. I Bill, Buttonhead. Yeah, <laughs> that that's so interesting to me because that it's opposite for me where I can't really engage with audiobooks because I just don't retain it the way and I do I, with. Uh, with like visual uh, reading and, and just conjuring the stuff in my own head. Yeah. And I, for me, it gets down a lot to the reader because there are very different yep. styles of reading. There's people who read and it's like Morgan Freeman sitting next to the fire, reading you a story. And then there's people who act it and I see it in my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I retain the ones that I see in my head because then I get a little mental movie. If I don't have the little movie, it's gone. I lose it. Speaking of, so. uh, go back to games for a second. Speaking of all this, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has much better, you know, lip sync. And everything. Oh yeah, like I saw all the, the framing and all the cinematic. It, yeah, uh, yeah. The setup for each of those is better too. Yeah, it's it's just better. And I did have the eyeball thing, which was nuts. I've never seen that. <laughs> I error saw in that a in your ever. video. Yeah, Holy dude, shit. it was demonic. She's talking yeah. one time, and her eyes just go. She's like, <laughs> it was fucking haunting at three o'clock <laughs> yeah. in the morning. But yeah. you get these, and you, and this is why. And Reg and I were talking about this yesterday. He was playing Lost Ark, and I, you know, I always bitch about fo fully voiced games, and I know it costs a ton. But when I see yeah. it, and there's a subtitle, and they say it, I retain that story eight thousand times better than if a character's like "hello," and then there's ten lines of dialogue, like an RPG, or they'll you know, grunt. What's they'll be like "ah," and that's not what they said. They they have this whole line. What were you gonna say, Abzi? What's interesting is that I retain information better if there are no subtitles. If I'm reading and of, listening oh, for at the sure. same time, yeah. I'm so bad at it. I can but see that. If I'm that. only listening, it's it's uh, I retain it way better for some reason. I can. So see I that. always try to turn off subtitles. Yeah. Um. I, I do want to I, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting super chats because this is what keeps the business going. Mr. K, five dollars super chats. Can we quickly complain? Yes, we can. We can always do that about Go Sony censoring Martha is dead. Xbox and Steam aren't. I feel like people should be making more noise about this. Sony's being lame. I did hear about this. I'm going to be brutally honest, man. I didn't track it. What are they censoring exactly? Like like uh, like sex scenes or nudity or or more uh, a violent thing i don't know it popped up a couple days ago and it, it is a real thing i just i'm gonna be honest man there are so many different nationalities so many different nations and they accept different things you know uk is different than america even for guns and sex we're sort of reversed so like all the different people and and then you get like australia which is really i mean they're really tight on some things so i usually don't track this too much i don't know why sony is doing it more, but I've lived through this already with Mortal Kombat and SNES and Genesis, where there was like mm -hmm. blood in one game and green goo in the other one. So it it doesn't, I don't know anything other than to say that's just, it is lame, but it's not unheard of. Um, 
it sucks. I don't really have much to say about that. If anybody wants to talk about censorship, we can. But I just, I don't personally have anything other than, yeah, it sucks. But I don't even see what, what is being what the censored. Are. Yeah. It's only, yeah, we had to remove some stuff, but what, I, why? I mean, no idea. I do, I, I haven't decided if, well, for sure, I don't want this censored, but Wolfenstein is the one that we talk about a lot, where in some nations oh, they God, changed so, the so stupid. they removed yeah. like the mustache from Hitler. It's the chancellor. The chancellor, yeah, which sure. at that point that now is. you're a Sith. Yeah. You might as well give him the real name, <laughs> like Anakin Skywalker like, um, versus Vader. But it Call does of Duty happen. did that too, right? Call where of it was Duty a World War II too. game, but yeah. they didn't. They were afraid to say Nazi or show a swastika, right? Which uh, yeah, Dying Light, Dying Light Two before it's released on uh, on Steam was also uh, censored in Germany. Like they announced that uh, even co-op would only work within Germany with other German versions of the same game because mm. of censorship. Whoa. Okay. What do they censor exactly in Germany? I don't quite know. Decapitations maybe? By release, they, by release, they canceled that again and it was uncensored. So I don't know why mm. they did it in the first place. I mean, there's territorially specific stuff. We had to change stuff for Rebel Galaxy 1 in Japan and it was text. It was, you could trade organs on the black market mm, oh we're right. not allowed to do that yeah, in japan right. so the Jap like, like oh, yeah, and of it has it's called something else i don't even remember what we changed it to but it couldn't yeah, be like anything to do with drugs it's also right yeah, and then in china they countries. can't show in china they can't show like skeletons right skeletons mm. or skulls yeah that, or... that came up what? in the discussion yeah. yesterday this is all like this weird this deja vu it, but it, it was skeletons were brought up that was definitely brought up yeah, because zombies and skeletons. Well. Yeah, because like, there's like World of Warcraft's undead looked very different in the Chinese version. Yeah, they have right. a they have a completely different thought process for what they can mm -hmm. show with around that. So it's crazy. I think it, it's crazy. I think sometimes companies also just don't want to work on figuring it out, you know, and they're like, whatever. America's even weird. We allow like even TV shows, Euphoria shows frontal male stuff, which is shocking to a lot of people. Even nice. though I watched Spartacus where they chopped a penis off penis. and showed it to you <laughs> so it's like to me i'm not that surprised but this is cable different than C cinemax i think was where spartacus started but yeah the kind and and like travis said different i mean different groups but we even talked about this a couple weeks ago in the discord um some some places xbox isn't even sold at all like if you go on if you buy an xbox from somewhere else and you try to go online it's like there is no online there is no online for your entire nation so <laughs> It takes a while, man. I mean, it, it, I don't think it's that surprising. Uh, the next up, Sean is asking about fate. He said, didn't fate become Torchlight? And I don't think that's correct because technically I mean, the idea it. maybe. It was, uh, so when we started Runic, I offered to buy fate because so we could just make- The IP, you mean? new fate. Yeah, I, I offered to buy, the, I, but they wanted way too much. Of course. <laughs> um, right. And uh, and so we were just like, well, screw it. We'll just make a new thing because it's not like fate has that much identifiable like right. IP right. or lore. Mm -hmm. you, I don't, you can't really comp copyright the concept of a pet that can turn into stuff. Right. So right. We just yeah. made a new one, and so it was basically we'll just take the torch. Ha ha ha. We didn't we didn't even think about that at the time. But uh, yeah, we'll just pass we'll <laughs> the torch to ourselves and just just keep making it. Um, but just do a bigger, more ambitious version. There was going to be a fate two that I was going to make before I left, which was kind of more similar to what we ended up doing with Torchlight. With Torchlight. But... Yeah, you um, you guys, were you there when they did Hob? Yeah, I was at the start of it. So um, I set up a lot of the initial um, 
alpha build of it gotcha. and then handed them the keys and said okay guys you're all set up enjoy um it's so weird it's another great game it is that was it a is. cool game man. i liked hob more than most um uh, i got to play it at was that pax prime they put up a it little... was pax prime they had it up in the kind of little upper area wonder the pr lady. yeah wonder's awesome yeah, yeah wonder is dude she helped me out because that's really sort of when i was starting and she was at that time working with runic and you guys and yeah she was so it was nice it was like set you up understood you know you sort of understood everything some companies are like show up and then you show up and they're like yeah you're a smaller person you can just watch from the side but everybody was there really nice get, getting able to see hob and torchlight but what i was going to say is it is so weird because a lot of people remember diablo sacred probably gets remembered for the wrong reason which is sacred three which is fucking terrible um but i think you have your diablos you have a couple of these games torchlight's definitely remembered um but all of a sudden, when I started to look back, dude, there were a ton of those kind of games at that time. There really were. There was a big, yeah. there was a bit, there was like a, there was the one that was set in, I think, Japan too, which I'm forgetting the name Throne of. Throne of Darkness. Remember? Is that what it was? Yes, I've got it. Yeah. It's four. Yeah. You could have the samurai, the big fat dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. such a good there game. There was a whole raft of them. Yeah. All, all within a few years. But most of them were 2D or 2D, right. 3D hybrids. Yeah, the one another one was called I believe it was called Silverfall and it was cell shaded. And huh. um yeah, I remember just playing all these and it's so funny that only a couple get remembered. But it's like Knox was back then. Knox had physics for the first the time I had seen. Oh. And then it had that weird Ultima online style perspective. Yeah. Where you don't um. have like the where it's not where it's I think like ARPG down kind of tiles. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a different style. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Abzi. No, it's all good. Uh, ARPGs keep making a resurgence as well. Like they keep making them. They keep uh, they keep blasting those out. Yeah, like, different. Yeah, I mean they've they've always been like some of the most popular, one of the most popular game genres around because mm -hmm. I think they're so accessible to people because often they're not terribly complex. It's it is often just click 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 click. Actually, they're a power fantasy. It's very easy to make a bad one. It's very easy. To it is up. very well. <laughs> oh I, yeah, that's 100%. true. So I yeah. think that's what I, where I was going was, I remember the really good ones that had a visual or a, a thing that I liked. Um, Fate and Knox being my two favorite of all time. I wasn't a big Diablo fan, but then you have the really bad ones that you can remember. Like I said, Sacred Three was terrible, and you see some of these games. But like like Abzi was saying, they they are making a resurgence, but it's weird because to fans, maybe there's no resurgence to be had. But mm. for whatever reason, they take more to get um like on the zeitgeist to sort of I don't know if it's because of graphics, people are into open world now, they're into first person. But it's so funny because I'll be like, oh my god. Uh, the game that uh, Reg is playing, Lost Ark's coming out. Yep. We start seeing it, we're like, holy shit. And then yeah. you're like, this is a it's a what? And even back when we first started talking about Lost Ark, we weren't really bringing up ones currently. And then we jump in and you go into Steam and you're like, holy shit, there's people making these all the time. I don't a know what it is. There's, there's a billion a of them. Yeah. It's, and some are great, by the way. Like I've seen, yeah. I, I don't know if it's the view or what, but they I don't think capture. That, well, I've seen from capture. a lot of people who are like, ah, it's like asymmetric. I'm not into that. And they already move on. It might be. It might. I, I don't know. It's sort of sad because I feel bad even as a game reviewer where I'm like, oh, uh, the other one I really like turned out good uh, from Embracer Group, who we're going to talk about in the news. But Embracer Group did uh, or they published um, Genesis. Uh, what was it? Uh, um, 
Oh my god, I can't remember. Darksiders Genesis. Oh right, yeah. And yeah, that yeah. game was okay. phenomenal for what that it was, was trying actually, to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just awesome to see these. It's it's great to see them. It's great to see Lost Ark doing uh, quite well, dude. It's beyond belief. It's a great game. No, man. no, no. It's an amazing game. <laughs> it's oh, awesome. Dude, some and I I was talking about this with a friend. Like I wish they showed you earlier some of the scale, grand scale of the sieges, because y you might like drop off the game early or something and not even know what the fuck is in store for you, man. Some of the sieges where they have these like giant things and the scale of it is insanely well done. That's true. The starting is somewhat sedate. Yes. Well, ish. Because, I mean, dude, you've got a fucking Chevy like fender for your sword no like, that's i'm with not you too but laid back there's I mean, some well, crazy shit yeah, man with but from the scenery that's happening around first you. time i've ever been mad too we do streaming in the discord we're always having a good time first time i've been legitimately angry <laughs> when reg couldn't get into a game because normally yeah. i'm more interested in the talk and reg was playing and i was just like and then it crashed and i was like no dude because yeah, it's fun yeah. to watch it's fun to watch like it it's got something to it that is and again so much content because it's a port um travis when you're looking at the ones that are coming out now if you had to get back into games let's say somebody offered you a let's say somebody offered you whatever the freedom or ability to do is there anything in that format that you feel hasn't been done uh, do you, like is there whether it be like oh i can change the world or i can do is there anything and or do you even track these games anymore you know because yeah. you have stepped away maybe you don't i don't think there's any bit of money that could bring me back and people have offered to have me come back and run stuff but it doesn't mean that you couldn't do something and that you couldn't come up with something to do i would probably one of the potential projects we had when we were coming up with stuff at uh, runic and hob got chosen was um a uh was basically kind of a third person like a marrying of sort of um what's it uh, shoot what's the what's the capcom one that came out uh where you had the pawn system and the name dragon's is dogma, dragon's dogma baby dragon's my dogma. favorite yeah. game was taking um <laughs> kind of some of the elements of dragon's dogma and this sort of like it had a really cool very D and D sort of vibe to it, like going into yeah. the dungeon, and it felt it, this very kind of dungeon mastery sort of vibe, um, and kind of marrying that with a bigger, more open world where you know dungeons were buried in it, and and having still having like the pet stuff, but having mm -hmm. it be third person and treating it more like a very third person torchlight, mm -hmm. um, but marrying with that that kind of retro D and D sensibility was something that we were talking about doing. And we had some kind of cool ideas for it, but it's not like it's not like that doesn't exist. Elden Ring's about to come out. I mean, that's in a lot of ways that's what that is. Yeah. Um, um, uh, oh, go ahead, continue if you had anything. I don't know if I have anything else to say. Um, I, I, I feel like I, for my part, have played all of the top-down isometric ARPG I ever need to play. And maybe <laughs> after having made yeah, so right. many of them, yeah, right? That's but I've kind fair. of like yeah. I, that well is <laughs> is dry for me. I, I would like to do new things, especially since everything is just kind of good. Um, I want to play stuff I haven't played for the most part. So, um, that's, that was going to be my next question about technology. So I grew up in Apple IIe playing Conan. I was like, this is the greatest game. There will never be a better game. And then you get a console and you play Diablo the first time on a console or something. And I think Diablo was on PS2, wasn't it? 
Wasn't one of the Diablos on I, PS2? Or am I wrong? What? I think it was on the PS1. 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 Which one? The first one? First, uh, first one. First one, yeah. And and oh, so, shit. Uh, dude, that's exactly the response was, oh, shit. So you play that, right? And you're like, okay, best game ever. There'll never be a better looking game. And then the next one comes out, best game ever. You said DirectX right. 7 for Fate, right? Is yeah. So the thing that's always confused me, I don't understand. I know just enough about programming to do like... 10 go to 20 like what i want to know is how like do assembly you, language yeah <laughs> how do you go and in now there's engines there's unreal which is just yeah. dude like I'm, I'm sure as a creator if you were still in that would excite you how do you switch technology as these technologies get more and more uh robust were you finding yourself okay i gotta take six weeks to like pick up What's new in Direct X? Or because I don't even know how that works. There's a so I mean that's why people are going to cleave to engines now is because you've got middleware that's taking that burden of relearning how Off. to do everything away from you and it's right. abstracting it for you. You're worried more about you know your assets and your material and your mm -hmm. design and everything else. Um, so we, if I had kept on, I would have probably switched to Unreal. It would okay. have been the next thing because I've built enough engines and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's just how, how many times do I want to reinvent this wheel, especially when you've got geniuses over, you know, at Epic just doing that's uh, their thing, better job of it. And the value prospect of using Unreal got better and better over time. You know, it made more and more financial sense. So that's what I would have done. And that's I mean, I assume that's what everyone's going to do. If you're going to be competitive on a technical front, you're either part of some larger company that can afford to invest in their own technology. But most people are just going to be using Unreal or Unity, depending on the kind of game that they're making. Um, um, did you see Ascent? The Ascent, the cyberpunk, uh, well, ARPG. Yes, uh, that's uh, the, yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they were talking about way. blueprints. So they jumped into Unreal, whatever the last one, four, four, and then there's five, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they yeah. were doing Unreal four. They uh, they made their own blueprints, and they were they uh, you know got to like really sit down and listen to all the stuff that they did in in gaming and tech. But what confuses me is when you say creating an engine, here's what confuses me. Are, when you say creating an engine, Travis, are you stating that that you just open up and make, were you making everything from scratch? Like, you're just like, let's do this. Let's so, go ahead. What I used for the last few games was the open source Ogre 3D engine, which I basically tore apart and rebuilt the way oh. I wanted it. I didn't know. Okay, gotcha. So I, I had some baseline middleware that was MIT licensed, and I just tore it to pieces and put it back together because it had kind of like all the structure for set everything up. I ripped all the parts out I didn't want, rewrote the parts I did, upgraded the renderer, you know, so it, that was what I was using. And I knew where all of it was, and I could touch everything. But there's a limit to how far you can go with that and how much you can do. Um, yeah, I would imagine people use patterns and stuff to to yeah. to make new engines. Still, right? If you're using an engine, you're still writing code. I mean, you've got a whole right. lot of code to write, but we are taking things like physically pushing all of this geometry on the screen and a system for managing your shaders and your materials and uh, all of your mesh formats and skinning and yada, yada, yada. That stuff has all been handled, all this sort of broad, everybody needs this utility. Exactly, all the libraries. All the actual stuff. game logic is plenty of the millions of lines of code you've got to deal with, so you just focus on that. Um, Dude, it's so, I don't know. Game making is so enticing to me, I would never try. I, I love to <laughs> throw a level together in Unreal 5 and pretend like I made it. I'll be like, yeah, dude, I did that. It's but I, I bought Kit Bash to do it. But it's fun, it, you should. It, it's, it's, it's amazing to see that somebody can just sit down and say, 
I want to make a game because it, even back in the day when I was talking to people who did, I, I got to talk to some people who made Bard's Tale, Bar, uh, Thief of Fate, uh, Thief of Fate, or yeah, yep. Thief of Fate. I've, it's literally sitting right. I'm actually staring at. I've it. got yeah, I've got the fit. You got the physical with the gray front. I have it. It's right over there, next dude. To my Apple <laughs> dude, man, see, see my Amiga. it's good to be old. But it is good to be old. You get all these, and you find out, you know, how they put their teams together, and then the iterations of tech, and we and people see the iterations of tech, and I always see the stupid things said. Um, or we'll call them ignorant or whatever, but you say, oh, don't reuse textures or whatever. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, in this yeah, place, reuse. Asset yeah. reuse. We yeah. all know that that became a thing because of Steam's asset flip. But asset yeah. flip is different than asset reuse. And what I had with Victor, and I would love to hear your take on this, but what I had with Victor is I was like, give me an example of like, dude, why should we? completely recreate something versus looking and going we've are, we're using this in this game over here uh or yeah. we're using this in this level over here let's use it over here and you know so that we're not remaking everything right. we have the sound guys who've come on and they're like why am i re recording an m16 yep. that makes no sense so yep. did you ever like how do you feel about that kind of stuff and is there any stories you have about like even a trick maybe you did or something Fire. I think especially now, I, I would expect asset reuse. I mean, it's just like exactly. closer and closer you get to like realistic fidelity to the, I mean, like if somebody films a movie, it's not like, don't put a soda can in the background, no, invent your own soda can. No, yeah. no, just put a freaking soda can in the background. You right. know, this is what a toaster is. I don't need my special version of a toaster to put on the counter. Bravo, thank you. If yeah. a pine tree looks photo realistic like a pine tree, it's a pine tree, you know, maybe I need... 30 variants of it or i need some foliage solution but it's still it's it's pine tree i think you know? i think a lot of people these days don't notice the difference between working smart and being lazy and I mean, they go like oh we're point. using asset that's a, yeah. that's you know a lazy person whatever but it's work smart not hard right characters special fantasy armor designs you know like oh that one had purple curly hues too you did that in the other game that feels a little lame i mean i understand that it's like i, I want i want my characters and the things that i'm invested in to feel unique but the, the clouds right yeah right, you gotta right. pick and choose right pick your battles yeah. like exactly yeah. i mean prior, prioritizing <laughs> isn't necessarily isn't being lazy necessarily mm -hmm. right it can, it can just be a question of shifting priorities to something else um, well, and the ultimate design of your thing is it's like the sum of all of that right it's not like it isn't yes. just one tree it isn't just one rock it's this landscape that you built with these assets mm. i mean if you're making no man's sky you're making really unique stuff but that's all specifically tied to their aesthetic yeah and tied to admittedly a procedural engine that is not requiring uh the same kind of i mean they're not making 100 million aliens guys like I mean, obviously think, no. think about the investment in time to make a simple prop versus what it used to be i mean I once upon a time if you had uh if you had a bread box on a countertop at an fps it was like 16 polygons and right. you know a, a 16 by 16 texture smeared across it and now it's normal mapped. It's got PBR materials. It's got an ambient occlusion map. It's, you know, it's who knows how many thousands of polygons and somebody had to sit on and make the thing. Yeah. The one that they made way back when took them about 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's so, I, I, to me, it's so intriguing because we talk about indie devs. We talk about solo devs, which are different than indie, you know, like one person, no one else. Then you have one person who might outsource textures to somebody, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you have the bigger companies. And what always stuns me every time, dude, even if the game sucks, like I was playing Gene Rain, game is fucking terrible. It's, it, it's terrible, but it is crazy to me that it got made because the number of problems... <laughs> 
that can occur. And I had this with when I did my Kickstarter, where we had a failed Kickstarter and a successful one. The difference between the two was negligible at best. And it was one or two bad things that occurred in the first one to not work. And it's amazing to me that you can get a scent that originally the big thing was, oh, only 11 people are working. And they're like, no, only 11 people are here. We have 250 developers out there doing, you know, we're grabbing data from them. We're having somebody do sound, you know, they're, they're outsourcing. Yeah. It is stunning to me and bravo to you to even, I know you were saying that this is less stressful doing the voiceover stuff, which I get because having to hear me, some chobe say, I don't like the spaceships, not fun. And you're like, dude, I worked on that for 18 months. Like it is. And I, it, it's well, just awesome. Just, uh, it's one of the challenges right now between being an indie and being a bigger studio is that from the out, from the consumer's perspective, they have no idea and they don't care. And why should they care? Yeah, like, true. Exactly. If there's, if there's five of us making something on a shoestring budget versus somebody who has a team of 350 and is making something with many, many, many millions of dollars, but they're both being sold within $10 of each other. Exactly. Five, yeah. The consumer's just like, well, that one's, that one's cooler. Yeah. I mean, and they're not required to care, but when you're working in that kind of environment, it's like, wow. <laughs> you wish they cared. You, you, you wish they cared and yeah. you wish it mattered, but it doesn't. And you can't expect it to matter. So I don't know. That, it's, it's a very that, different era of development than it once was. And I think that you can have, some of it just depends on what you choose to do. If I'm making something that's obviously super indie, then people alter their expectations. If I'm making that something sense. that looks super indie, but as soon as you start trying to push into this middle, like right. AA, middle AA, road, double A, yeah. it looks good and you can do it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not the same as somebody who literally is doing mocap with multiple actors and has, right, you know, right. Yeah. Right. they have a literal cinematographer framing all of their shots. It's yeah. never, you can't compete with that. So yeah. the middle ground is a very hard place to live in. Yeah, I think now we're seeing a lot of sorry. And I think now we're seeing a lot of people um, because a lot of people are loving indie so much right now. And they're 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 all for indie games and all that stuff. And we're seeing a lot of bigger companies making those indie looking games, but they're yeah. not really indie games, but they're marketing themselves as indie games because, you know, it's yeah. all the hype right now. My joke I said in a review and yes, it's a little, but I said only there's only two places where professionals want to look like amateurs and that's video games and porn. If I'm not to be nice. rude, but no, That's it is true. So true. It's so, so true. It's true. sad, but that is what's going on because the big, you have a different look and I've faced it as a YouTuber, super small YouTuber. Can you go girl? You know, everybody like you can do it. And then the moment you get to a certain point, people are like sold off for sure. Paid. You're like, all right, here Same we go. In film. Same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get it in film as well. And, uh, it's, it's funny to see those big titles that do try to hit that indie aesthetic. I forgot about that, Abzi, but you do. It's almost like, mm -hmm. um, what's the game with the eight stories, Reg? Uh, eight RPG stories where they never touch each other? Octopath Traveler? Uh, uh, Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler, Octopath Traveler, Traveler yeah. if you told yeah. me that was indie, I would God, believe that you. That name is so bad. Okay. What'd you say? The indie the name, is so bad? No, 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 that name is so bad. Oh, Sorry, God. continue. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is Octopath, it is just eight paths and no it one is. touches, but yeah. they obviously aimed for more, they did, they looked at it, does Gaia, the PlayStation titles, they had that fat, pudgy, pixel character, and you can see where I mean, they sort still, of that. They still look like that. Yeah, true. I got a question for um, Travis. A super I, chat. Oh. I, I, oh, sorry. I also have one. Um, just an extension of the conversation we had, and an extension of what Travis mentioned was his sort of attraction toward doing audiobooks. In like the reactionary nature of, of social media, you often get a response as a developer to things that you really have 
no control <laughs> over. Uh, I mean, in particular, over the last few months, there's been a lot of controversy on Steam because a lot of regions have sort of price corrected uh, their yeah. pricing for regional pricing back to like from. So you have some countries where pricing has gone from doubled from like $30 to $60. Yeah. Which has given a, a lot of backlash to games like, say, Hitman 3 or, or others that have sort of seen this re regional pricing shifts where you have a game that you invested a lot of time, energy, and, and passion into as a developer. And then you see this sort of backlash that you had no input over yeah, uh, or, or, or really responsibility for, uh, yep. which must be really, really sort of <laughs> disconcerting. Which, or, this, yeah. Well, and the landscape changes pretty fast. I mean, if it takes you two years to make something, gaming moves fast. And what yeah. people oh, have yeah. seen, what they're interested in, and what is okay right now, and what people want, you're just praying that they still want what you're doing by the time you're done with it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's just... Yeah. Oh, I was going to read this. Chris McCombie, five dollars super chat says, "Travis, is there any actors that you have taken inspiration from with doing voices?" Robin Williams was one of my favorite voice actors. Um, so I took a lot of inspiration from audiobook narrators that I respected. So there was a guy named Frank Muller who did a lot of Stephen King stuff before he passed away. Yeah. He was amazing. He was one of my favorites. Uh, the Green Mile, the audiobook of the Green mm, Mile, is yeah, like my all-time favorite. Yeah, great. Um, Jim Dale's work on the Harry Potter stuff for the U.S. versions, I always really enjoyed. Uh, my wife used to listen to them to go to sleep, so they're basically buried in my brain now. Um, so usually it was it was it was narrators that I looked at, um, um, and there are some really good ones out there. I think with narrators also versus actors, um, like I love Robin Williams, but it, most of the time his stuff was way too over the top to be just a normal character in a book. You know right. what I mean? Like he did a great, you know, house female weird housekeeper. But unless you really wanted to go almost into that eclectic, yeah. over the well, top, the book doesn't want to do the that. manic. You have to respect yeah. what the book wants. exactly. So what's yeah. the tone of this book? And a lot of times, I'm like, I'm thinking about like, if this book was a movie, what would it be? Would it be like, would it be live action? Would it be a Ghibli animated movie? Would gotcha. it be? Would it be? Uh, would it be an anime? What would it be? And what kind of voice casting would they do? Because you can usually kind of pick out a tone from what the book is doing, and that kind of guides how you're going to approach it. Because the way you're going to come at some game lit is going to be a whole lot different than some like literary fiction. It's just it's just not the same. Cody McGuire, ten dollars super chat. Hi guys, awesome podcast. Been watching a long time. Never miss a show. Thank you. If you never miss a show, you're technically better than the podcast members here because we've all missed one. Well, I guess I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. oh that would be yeah. weird. Just it a takeover. It would be you. awesome if you guys just show up and you're like everybody at the same time. Hello, this is Carrick. We are we are doing the ACG podcast. Top G eight two ten dollars. We have been assimilated. Chat. Keep up yeah. the great work, guys. Horizon for Forbidden West is fire. I just want to make sure I always get through those. I did ask people to ask Travis questions, and Rick has one <clears throat> question for Travis. Uh, but I don't think he had this. But it says, "What's your experience with DLC? Are they usually planned ahead of time?" and worked on during development, or do they begin production post-launch? Did We you... did a little bit of DLC. It was just freebie DLC for Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, and we had planned to do it from the outset, but we there very little development had been done on the outset. We just put everything that we could put into the game into the game, and then, you know, wrapped up or finished those things afterward. I think that's probably where his question is, is that experience of, oh, this was cut from the game, Travis. Like, yeah, I think right. that's probably yeah. what that well, person's we, getting to. And if we charged for it, you know, maybe it would have mattered one way or the other, but we didn't. We had just always yeah. planned to free stuff. And it was just like, we want to we push some more stuff in. 
past when we plan to ship this because we need to ship at some uh, point. IX has a question for Travis. How do you get your throat not to hurt when talking for hours? Um, I mean, it does help question. that you're in a box. Uh, you drink a lot of water. I sleep next Hydrate, to you. Hydrate, baby. Fire. Never get sick. Don't let sick people near you. Just don't get sick. Just don't get sick. COVID was really great for this because I wasn't allowed to go outside. Right. And I never saw other people and everybody wore a mask. So, you know, I don't get sick very often. Um, a lot of it is you don't really have to. Certain voices can take more and tax you, but. It helps to be in a box where you don't have to project because mm -hmm. the cardioid microphones are so sensitive that you're not having to blast out to do this. Um, there's usually like a hard limit you find that you can do a day. So I can do about three finished hours of audio a day before if I go past that, my voice will start to wear out. You just sort of figure out where your line is and your endurance also goes up over time. Yeah, I mean, and even it helps that my voice already sounds kind of like trash. So a little it's not vocal fry, though. <laughs> it's not, but I've, got, but I've got kind of like I've got a slightly rough voice that's yeah. not super smooth. I think that people who have a smoother voice tend to have they, they have to worry about it a little bit more because they don't right. sound like themselves as it starts to Can get break ragged. up a little. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, even me, if I'm recording a video, I sound dramatically different at night than I do yeah. in the morning. Like in the morning, I've got I don't know oh, normal that's so voice. True, dude. Yeah, and I have to now. I've definitely started to be like, okay, I got to talk to people because sometimes I would wake up and not really want to talk because I was sort of thinking because I don't use a script. So I was like, okay, what do I want to say? Blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't saying it out loud. And then I found out later, I'm like, oh man, boy, if I try to, if I, yeah. And if I try to edit something later at night, I'm like, that sounds like three different people talking. Like it's just not at all lined up. So over time you learn to overcome that because you have to do voice match. So you just kind of get mm -hmm. used to, and, and you also start to really know what you sound like. What you sound head. like. And once you right. do, it's a lot easier to kind of align yourself to kind of. Right. Like Cause you're monitoring. Mm -hmm. Right. When yeah. you work. I've got so. these on all the time and I hear myself all the time. And so it's it's really helpful. And I work I work live actually. I work on Discord. So I record basically every single day on Discord and I just got a schedule. You just hear this stuff. Yeah. It's just starts becoming second nature. Um so we were talking about or earlier some of the news that we were gonna discuss today. The first thing I want to talk about real quick, because it's near and dear to my heart, and then we'll jump into updates, but Mad Max two rumor leak had popped. So Amy. I just I, game mad Ma yeah mad nice. max game i do nice. want to point out that i think this is not true and this turned out to be a mistake from somebody who doesn't speak english uh and they wrote a twitter post and it was them being filmed for the original game as an npc and it came out as it's current um that's what it looks like to me but i will say just my two point my two cents for it I, if there's another mad max game i would die I would be so excited. I just don't think there is. I just want that team to go back and remake Just Cause 2, though. Or Just Cause 2. Yeah. <laughs> I it just, like, I really do like that company. I like their stuff. So I'd be super excited to see another Mad Max game. But I just oh, want yeah. to inform people, I don't think that's real. Okay. I, I think that's I think that's a mistake, unfortunately. And uh, then... Dude, you, you, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I got so excited about it. I did a video about it, like, so excited. Oh, what would we want from a Mad Max 2? Okay, you know, like... though. Here's the thing. I'm not saying we change game companies, but you have heard in the past that the idea was sort of brought by people out in the crowd where people are like, oh, they really want that. It's not that like surprising that maybe if somebody does see a couple videos, they're like, oh, some people want Mad Max. They go into the office, they mention Mad Max and suddenly it becomes a thing. It's possible. I would love for a new game. 
nothing wrong with being excited. I could also be wrong on this rumor. It's just when I mm -hmm. looked at the tweet and read it, and people ran with it, man. You know, that's the way oh, to do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. It like, went wild. Oh, shit. Somebody said something on Twitter. Must be true. Let's do, you know, and you get that kind of thing. Um, right. I would, I could not tell you how excited I would be. Uh, you know, for a Mad Max uh, two game, but I don't, I don't think that's a thing. But I did want to talk a little bit about Bioshock movie on Netflix. Yeah, like I'm, I find myself excited for that. I don't know if you guys care or if there's any story to be told, but I feel like Dude, the making of the the city would be insane. Go ahead, Abzi. What a time we live in, though. Like, remember back in the day when there were always a lot of movie games, and yeah. now you're seeing a lot of game movies. Yeah. And I hope to God a lot of them are good, but you know that like most of them are good. Most would be Double Dragon or Super Mario. Yeah. Do you, do you think we have Super Mario? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wasn't that Hop Hoskins or whatever? Bob. Oh God. Bob Hoskins. Bob. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah. And Dennis Hopper. Oh. Wow. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper in a cart in a video. Anyway, that, Double that, Dragon was, was bad. Yeah. It was something. Yeah, it was something else. All right. But, Street uh, Fighter 2. Street, yeah, Raul Julia, right? Raul Julia, yeah. yeah. Claude oh Van Damme, Kylie Minogue. Oh, man. Um, yeah, dude, Bioshock. I don't know about you guys, man. I love Ken's stuff. I think his stuff is very yeah, interesting dude. world building. It's so cinematic. Yeah. I yeah. hope it's him. Like, that would be the one thing I don't want is like Witcher. Remember, we all know Witcher 3 is <laughs> writer versus the, the TV show and the anger yeah. back and forth. Oh, boy. Yeah. I hope they would get Ken and be like, like, yeah, help us out here. Kind that of. guy's a visionary, dude. He is. He is. I mean, it's it does sound like it's pretty hard, you know, because of that. It can be tough, you know, somebody driving forward like that can be tough to work with them. But I would kill for a Bioshock. Did you ever do Bioshock, Travis? Did you ever oh, play yeah, those? I played, games? I played. I played the first two. First two. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, the world. There's a lot of stuff you could do. Netflix is always pushing. They're always trying something. Netflix is so hard now. Because you go into originals and there's 85 things a day. It's Is just, it a movie or a show? Or would you rather a movie or a show? It, well, it says movie in the post. I it think says, I read it as show. film adaptation well, directly film. in the tweets. So. Film. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't know. Seeing Ra Rapture, I think it would work. Like uh, the, the whole uh, Rapture would just be such a cool setting for yeah. a show. You know what I mean? I I just, you know, just a secluded Spend some group time of there with characters. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I, I feel like, you know... Movie games or game movies work best where when they don't do the same exact thing, like copy for copy. I think it's the best when they, you know, uh, have their own spin on it or just or just have like uh, different characters or something. Because when you start replicating the same exact media, but in a different form, I don't think that really hits. Yeah, use, well. use the world, but not not the rest. I would, I would rather yeah. see with a director that has their own really strong vision, like somebody like Noah Hawley, yeah. who did like... Yeah. Uh, who, who something really something specific, different. really strong, really weird vision that took it and then did their own thing with it, I think would mm -hmm. be cool. Because then I did have a chance of being surprised. I don't that really is true. Yeah. The surprise of Bioshock reiterated on right. a television screen. And yeah. then you also it's, compare it to the game and you're like, oh, it's, it's not. If you yeah. know it's not going to be the game. I don't need a retelling of Bioshock. Yeah, no, I'd either do I. No. An interesting, somebody with like something interesting social to say that uses the framework of Bioshock to say it that as another cool idea to be expressed in that world. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. You know what's for it, interesting? Man. What's interesting though? Uh, video game movies used to be a meme, like they were always mm -hmm. shit, right? Like mm -hmm. remember Doom with like The Rock There's and stuff. Still, a lot I of mean, them are still shit. But... I mean, lo love you, Dwayne, but that movie was shit, right? Uh, mm. Was it Witcher, the TV show, that got us kind of 
on a well, different track. You're like? you're not old enough, but the admit the admitted no, truth no. is Mortal Kombat was a fairly good movie. The original. Are you kidding Mortal... me? It's one of my favorite okay. fucking movies. Well, you didn't mention Bro. it. You mentioned Witcher, and so Mortal I was just Kombat. saying. A yeah, lot of people, no. when they saw Mortal Kombat, there was actually many video game people saw that, and there were a couple iterations after that. You know that what? You're, you're right. People yeah. tried. But you got Christopher Lambert, who is blind as a bat, looking out there with his glazed eyes, you know, talking about being Raiden. You're like, whatever. Once it did the martial arts fights, showed some of the stuff, people were into that original Mortal Kombat. Enough that they did four movies, three, four movies for Mortal Kombat, I think. Yeah, because I, I I think we were up at yeah, three. Yeah, I saw for a sure. recent one like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they're probably still doing them. But uh, I would right. agree that Witcher three lets people step back because Witcher three has mm. really allowed for Amazon Amazon to do Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings yes. could have been a TV show well before Witcher because of the movies and it wasn't. It was only after I think Witcher three saw some success and they were like, all right, people. Are, that's There's why something there. That's why I love it because even though I don't like some of those like Lord of the Rings, I'm probably not super excited to see. The more fantasy that wins out and does well, the more chance I get my Dragonlance TV show or the more chance I get something I like from when I was a kid. So I'm really excited mm -hmm. to see them, too. And but I mean, hey, maybe now we can get Lego, the movie, the game, the movie. You know, you never know. I mean, Lego there, there is movie. also a fairly important distinction with, with the with Witcher in that its source material isn't really the video game, but but literary. Well, so yeah, than... that's what we we're talking about is it is different. Yeah. It is different. And Lord of the Rings is going to be different. It's not even in the same. It's like in a middle time yeah. frame, right? So it's, is it second, third age or, or is it's second before age? the three first three good movies. I mean, we are getting yeah. the, uh, the good, super Mario movie with, um, with Chris Pratt, right? Oh my well, God. And that... we have Sonic. Oh my God. And we got Jack yeah. Black as Bowser. And we got so. a good game in guardians of the galaxy. One of the best may, uh, you know, cro you know, video game, movie crossovers that i think i've ever mm -hmm. seen Bro. so where it's it's definitely turning it up man netflix is throwing shit out amazon it's awesome i'm really excited bioshock i think is probably one of your best ones that you could do too i think they pro honest truth i think stranger things is also helping because mm. i think sometimes the supernatural stuff that we're seeing now is sort of driven by that because prior to that you had x-files but that was too long ago and I think once you started seeing Stranger Things come, you started seeing like people go, oh, this paranormal. And then you get Dark, which was the German one, right? Wasn't Dark? Yep. The, uh, yeah, because yeah, no. that was the one that was in uh, subtitles only. I, or no, they had dubs. They no, had, they had dubs. You can yeah. They were terrible. You could just do it. I thought I my TV was broken. Surprise. Yeah. What were yeah. you saying? What were you saying, Travis? Oh. Yeah, I was saying I, I switched off the subtitles and switched over to the to the dub because I couldn't. That's what <laughs> I, I did. Off the dub. Oh, no, I. I know. Okay, I'm oh, the only dude, one. They, they I listened so to the bad. dub. They were bad. The dub was, the dub was not. <laughs> but you see this, and <laughs> it's, not... it's exciting time for games, man. It's exciting because mm -hmm. it also lends. I grew up when games were satanic. D&D &D was satanic. Everything new is satanic. And you're like, oh, God, you got to deal with all this shit. And it takes 10, 20 years down the line before you get that respect. Games are the biggest entertainment industry, and it's nice to see the overlap. It's really exciting. Yeah, long gone are those like 80s commercials where you see two people playing Tetris and then the other dude smacks the other dude with a brick. Dude. Like, look, this is what games do to you. Extreme Violence. shit. Like, well, like, I mean, I mean, that stuff is still around. I, 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 I haven't seen commercial on TV that's like that. Yeah, not, not as a commercial, <laughs> yeah. but 
Dude, I grew up in the, the day when it was like booth babes, still being made you know, by people. And, and like girls with armor that didn't make sense, which is still acceptable to me, but I get that it doesn't make sense. And so you get a, a little bit of a maturation, which is nice. I'm, I'm happy for it. I'm excited for it. Um, let's talk about what we are excited for here. And I think we're all excited for bug fixes. At least I am. So I'm going to let Abzi jump into the Abzi gaming update. We need to name this something. Abzi's Academy of Updates. Abzi's. Abzi's. I can't think of, I'm not witty enough. Um, there are two major updates uh, that happened this week. One of them is the Cyberpunk 1.5 update, uh, which had a lot of stuff. Um, let me just pull it up. Well, it had things like they improved driving, there's new weapons, additional apartments for V, hairdressing mirror, rebalance of gameplay, economy, and loot systems, ray traced local shadows. Well, that's for like console stuff. Uh, you got improved crowd reactions. You got better AI, combat AI, and a walk button. Wait, let me repeat that. You got a walk button now. Okay. 14 months later, we finally get a walk well, button. Wasn't that your mod? Right. That Dude, was, I, yeah, yeah, he I modded made a mod. It on next I, right, yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I want to walk in that game. You know, that's a game that deserves to be walked in, and they finally gave us that. You still By the way, can't see bugged. your reflection. It's, it's the walk button is bugged as well. I tested it. Um, whenever oh. you enter or exit an area, uh, you go back to running. So, yeah, that's... Uh, did anybody else um, test Cyberpunk or play around with the update or... No. Yeah, it, it feels that's weird the that they chose this month out of all months to get the yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, true. Oh, Horizon and Elden Ring. Let yeah. me stop everything. Let me, inject, let me inject our fixes in here. Um, I know that I think those are all great fixes. Um, and then you got mods that have come out that have really adjusted that game. But uh, I got to tell you guys, man, it's going to take a it's going to take an act of God for me to ever go back to that game. It's not there yet for me either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not there. yet. Unless somebody says, hey, I've made it so that you can in, interact with things like you should be able yes. to. And I don't That's mean the Skyrim level, but come on, you couldn't even sit down like yeah. there, it was it was weirdly just the background in that game a lot so it's it's odd to me because because you can interact like with these new apartments you can interact with stuff in your apartments and like like you can burn incense or whatever and i'm like dude just let me sit down on a chair let me have a drink dude i don't want to i don't want to open up a vendor right i mean right um but you know it is what it is uh there maybe they'll get there maybe they won't i i I feel like it still needs a lot of work for me at least um and and, then you also uh, got uh, dying light right well, dying light. The thing. Okay, so they added a uh, they added a walk button within a week of that game coming out. Thank you. Tech a week, Land. eighteen months. Yeah, you know. Um, Not that it's a and, competition, but you lost. And they keep patching the game. I don't know. I I lost track with the patches. It's it, my yeah. game is fixed. I'll, all I can say is my co op game is completely fixed. Good on them. Which is, which is great. Which is awesome. Um, and the next big thing is No Man's Sky. Another update for no man's sky yep it's called the sentinel update which um yeah i'll just read the blurb fight alongside your own personal robotic companions and battle an array of new foes in the sentinel update introducing a total overhaul overhaul of weapon systems new lore and stories all new sentinel enemies and combat behaviors and the ability to reprogram and adopt your very own friendly ai drone and much much more these guys keep on giving huh they they just keep on giving yeah. So, good for them. Yeah, Sean had said, we talked about this prior, but Sean had said that the game's not, like, it's not even close to being done. I think that's one of those it's games crazy. that makes sense 
because of how they built it, it is a game that yeah. they can continue going. And they've increased the graphics, dude. Yeah. Like, I like I mean, even when you and I Minecraft, played it, right? Yeah, yeah. Except a game. I mean, I'm not dissing on Minecraft. Minecraft, I love it. It's just this is a full game with all the mechanisms inside and all these right. things going on. But it is like Minecraft in that way. And uh, Dying Light's doing the same thing. Um, a lot of these companies are going to stick with stuff. I'm. It's I, crazy it's to me because awesome. they're not charging us for these updates. There's no like. Do they that have like true. an in-game store? Like, what? How they're are they making their money? Get extend the window of a game's viability to just buy. People are like, yeah. "Oh, new stuff's getting exactly. added to this game." I didn't buy No Man's true. Sky two years ago, but right. man, look at all the stuff that's and come out. There now are always new gamers it. coming as well. I mean, and I don't know yeah. if Game Pass gives them. The game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah. if Game Pass probably gives them. Uh, what do you call it? Like residual income or something. Depending on how... the deal they signed, it can be for downloads or it can be for sales. There's there's mm -hmm. three or four deals we know of that Game Pass can work out. But yeah, so it's just crazy to me, and it's not nowhere near done. And I think it like it right now at this state, when you get into No Man's Sky, you are playing. You're getting more than what we were promised uh, before the game released. You know what I mean? We're getting much more than what we were promised. So, dude, yeah. that game is them. that is childhood dream game right there. I mean, it has yeah. almost everything. Like, it's pretty ridiculous how much you can do in that game. And we were joking prior to the podcast, but like Chris Roberts and Star Citizen and Elite, and we were like, those are the games No Man's Sky released in bad state. You know, didn't have what they said it was going to have, and now it's nuts. It's I mean, not even a meme funny. anymore. It's not even a meme. No, it's, it's like, not oh, really a meme. Yeah, yeah. In, unless you want to hold on like a dwarf. Hold on to your mm -hmm. book of woe. Hate forever. It game's not really. It's not really memeable. Book of grudges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, cut your thumb, write it into your book of grudge, and hold on to. I have Actually, had people I, I say that it, to me, but yeah, I hear it being being used in the other way, where it's like, I hope Cyberpunk No Man's Skies their game. Yeah, you know but I mean? we also don't want a game to release. This is the thing we always That's talk true. about, right? Like, <laughs> That's dude, true. like That's true. That's I want, true. I don't want games released like that. Yeah, you that know? impression was so yeah. lasting of like the bugs and stuff that to this day, when there's a bug in a game, I'm screaming like Sean, you know, like yeah. it's his name that comes to mind. And even despite this like redemption arc that he and the company have been on, it's like it still sticks with me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. For some people, I mean, like the the release is what they're gonna remember remember the most, right? Like, well, I think Travis was mentioning there were so many games also that he was like well i got to sort of pick and choose what i'm going to play i'm the same way to get me to go back to cyberpunk is difficult no man's sky is all and no man's sky is still one of the games as a child that's exactly what it is and i still have a hard time getting time you have to parse your time and go and yeah. and it's a new system you have to go back and then when they change systems so the last time you went back that they may have improved something they've changed it again and so you go back and you're like where's my inventory what do i do now you know, there's there's a lot of transformative changes just to the inventory and HUD that like I did that 24 hour let's uh, or 24 hour live best stream event when the game. Yep. Yeah. Best event ever. I tell you, about 18 I mean, hours in, I needed a suicide hot, hotline for that. Yeah, like, was we played recently. So hard. We played recently and it was just the sheer amount of things you can go for. And, and, and you have the ability, the freedom to really do what you want. You and know, I think the thing missing explore, is combat is there now, Abzi. What we missed yeah. when we went back yeah. is now there now. Dude, Coming Johnny now. and Reg were talking about like underwater cities and you like doing crazy yeah. stuff, on, like which wasn't even there in the original game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah the mech awesome. suit, all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, but again, we don't want shitty games, right? 
That is true. Right. We don't like, want shitty games. But for the shitty games that are out there, this should be like a kind of, you know, thing to work towards. What um, I wa- what I want like, how if you're going to make a game, mm-hmm. it's like to a certain extent if you want to get to a certain level of content in a game, you have to release it before you get to that level of content because it's simply not financially viable to yeah. bankroll one to a certain True. extent, right? Like right. I don't think they could have made No Man's Sky the way it is now. No. Because no it would have taken all of this no. time. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's some point where you have to tear it off and say this is yeah. enough. And then if you want to invest beyond that and make more, you can. But like the only way to get to a certain level of content, unless you happen to be Rockstar, is by choosing some point where you can release it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But and then you get like investors and stuff and you get like your your financial stuff. And that's when they start cool. releasing games unfinished. It's and then like, you okay, also start think about the people who work out. on a game. Like how, how many years do you want to work on a game before one gets released? Like, yeah. you want having zero right. shipped games on your resume if you decide to go somewhere else? You know, like, people exactly. need to ship. Right. You, you, you need to have some point. If you just work on the same thing forever, people just, they're done. If there's no if, if, if you were to no work, point of feedback. If you were working in a, in a studio, um, let's say, for five years, and then the game ships after another four years, but you've left that studio... Does it still go down as like one of the games you've shipped, or like do you do you go in the credits? You worked or... on it, but whether you're in the credits is really up to the studio after you leave. Mm. But, yeah, you're probably you know, not. When when a lot of what people look for, I think, when you're hiring is like, what games have you shipped? What did you gut it out to the end of? And if you can say, oh mm. well, I worked partly on this game, but I left, and they're like, oh, you left four years before it shipped. Well, what could you possibly have done on it? You know? Yeah. You know, like I made it possible. <laughs> it's like I worked eight years on this game, but I, 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 I left yeah. the day before it got shipped. <laughs> yeah, the day before it got shipped. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely do see that the the amount somebody put in and the versus the amount somebody sees on the other end and and thinks that uh, we had it with Chris Avalon, by the way, with Dying Light too, which is like he wrote some of the story, then the stuff happened, and they were like, oh, we tore his stuff out. It's like, well, did you or did you just take his sentence and use a AI ad libber to slightly adjust? you know, your vowels and throw it in there. Like, what did you do really? Um, everybody, unless it's totally torn out, everybody who worked on the game should be in there in the credits. I don't know why they don't too, because they have 8,000 hour credits now in some games. Yeah. I, don't, um, I don't think it's ever excuse not to put somebody in the credits. No, exactly. Even if every bit of work they did was pulled. But they were there. When it, the, exactly. It was part of the process and maybe it got something else is accomplished because it happened. If you worked on the game, you should be in the credits. Yep. Yep, yeah. exactly. What was the, the Japanese game where they completely replaced the uh, protagonist? Judgment. Lost right. Judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it Judgment the first one or the second one? Judgment was, was the first, first one. one. Lost yeah, Judgment. judgment was I mean, which one. one was he removed from? The first the one. First the one, first one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was a different protagonist initially? Well, yeah. And that. he that's why the singing wasn't in some because they, they basically, he got in trouble for cocaine. And Japan and oh. Japan and drugs, or Japan, which is so Japan funny. And any drugs. Japan yeah. and any drugs. It, anyway, yeah, it's so weird what is acceptable or not acceptable to talk about in some particular way. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was removed and they were replaced. Um, yeah, dude, these games are awesome. I'm glad I'm glad to actually have the update section, Abzi, because like a lot of these, I just don't think we would probably cover. And sometimes it lights my fire to go back and check one of those. Yeah, and sometimes you, it's hard to really notice, like when a game you you've liked or disliked has been updated. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, check it out again. Uh, so. Reg, you ready to read free games? I am. Yes, it's not super long again this week. 
So totally free game. First up on the Epic Game Store, we have Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, then on the subscription stuff, we have uh, Game Pass PC, which has Madden NFL 22, Total War Warhammer 3, which is probably the biggest one, uh, oh, Ark Survival yeah. Evolved, and Infernax. And on Xbox Games with Gold, we have Aerial Knights Never Yield and Band of Bugs. And that's it. End of the list. Dude, it's crazy. I didn't even realize Warhammer was going to be a day one Game Pass thing. Yeah, Isn't it that is. Crazy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just installed yeah, they it. 119 back, back in like October, I think, or September. Yeah. Are they are they surprising. including like the other two? I heard there was like a big ass map. No, right not yet, not yet. Um, but uh, I mean, no more. The, like the the Mortal Empires campaign is not in the game yet. It's probably one to four months out. Like it took them one month to implement it into Warhammer Two, and it's probably going to mm. be more complicated with three. So one to four months, maybe. Was that all of them, Reg? That was all of them. Was there yeah. anything good in there other than Warhammer? Mm, yeah. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons is a good one. Infernax. Yeah, also. it's not bad. That uh, that was the the prior game from yeah. A Way Out, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge fan of that game. I know everybody else yeah. was, so I don't it, know. I mean, just didn't. Hit it me. was weird because instead of co-op, you had like the two joysticks, yeah. so you controlled them. True. And a lot of the time it worked surprisingly well, but the times that it didn't was very frustrating control-wise. Uh, do you guys think that the reason why we're not... Well, Warhammer's a big game, but I still do believe that the reason why we're not seeing a ton of releases right now is because of the big February stuff. Like, I like, think it makes sense. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense for Microsoft to go, listen, guys, like, we'll let those games sell our systems, and then we'll throw some stuff in April, May, June versus because i mean this month has been pretty laid back hasn't it each time red reads it i feel like yeah that that's true but i feel like a a release like warhammer has been like long awaited for them it's a huge no that's maybe they also were looking at that and going just have warhammer and that's one of of our big ones and yeah yeah. because you don't want to hurt the other people releasing at that time too i mean february is a year in one month for big games i mean it's so ridiculous. Game pass, game pass this year i think it's going to be its strongest year yet i mean we had halo early i think that was last year but you have uh stalker two and you have like atomic heart and you have like mm, atomic have a heart, bunch yeah. of others you know what i mean day one on game pass which... and there are games that are just Starfield. not being talked yeah yeah there are games that are not being talked about at all just because of all the other stuff like for example the stranger of paradise final fantasy thing that's coming out in oh, March 18th. Yes, yes. That's being done by the Neo people. Yep. That's a that's game. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, $5 Super Chat Graham says, is the new $70 price tag contradictory given that game design is getting more cost effective? Are we being charged for the rising cost of marketing? Game prices are going up. Game prices are going up because it's more and more expensive to make games. Yeah. 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 Every asset is higher fidelity. You know, yeah. man, it takes it takes so much time to make this stuff now. Yeah, it must it's, be crazy, man. And, and the competition is, I mean, so example, like Reg was playing Lost Ark and we were talking about the competition in the MMO space where now what you need to have is dramatically different than even what you need to have 10, five years ago. And that's just free MMOs. They're, the amount of stuff that you need to have and the way it needs to look, how it needs to be delivered. Well, Competition super high. You need to have a launch day. Otherwise, it's like this game barely has anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Lost Ark wouldn't have the success it has, even if they tried 
without all that content that's there. Because, like, you wouldn't even be playing it. You might have enjoyed it day one, but you wouldn't still be playing it right now, you know, which yep. is is ridiculous. Um, Poth is back with a 170, I can't remember what that uh, currency number is, Super Chat. <laughs> Dying Light Parkour and Cyberpunk would be good. It would be. Was there not the weapon idea to have you able to, like, punch the walls and run up the wall in the original Cyberpunk? The original, yeah, so so the uh, the blades, the blades, have you, and there was supposed to be wall running as well, which uh, they also took down. So wall running and then hanging on the walls. I'm okay so with those being was, removed. Me too. Uh, I, was, I was fine with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, because if that's just one cybernetic, then all of a sudden you have to test. Imagine trying to test AI where it's like, okay, if yeah. if they bought the specific thing, they can run up the wall with this and yeah. like. And it also breaks like places you're not supposed to go. It feels like it and, would being able to yeah. climb like that, or it yeah. would be too noticeable that you couldn't climb. They'd have to make sure to visually tell the gamer, like you can't mm. go here. And then you get there that weird invisible walls. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Final fantasy 15. The one I like, nobody else, the RPG, the is just 15, I, right? The, hey man, I that, loved it. That has yeah. a lot of invisible walls though. Like there'll oh, be yeah. times yes. where you're trying to go up a mountain and be like, K -k 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 -k, and you're just running against a wall. And Japan, you're, oh. Japanese games yeah. are notorious yeah. for yeah, because it was walls. the first one where you could free jump. Yes. I think. yes, and but you can do climbing. the way they, the way they did it was like you couldn't even jump off a stair a staircase. It was ridiculous. It's like half-assed, weird slash open world slash not really. Yeah, yeah. Michael Tennant, five dollars super chat. Always look forward to the Friday podcast. Thank you for great content. Thank you, Michael, for the support. Wizard of Smoke says. Happy Friday. Been playing Total War Warhammer 3. Worst name ever. They really need to figure out how to truncate that. Yeah. Not much of a Warhammer fan, but a huge Total War fan. What was your favorite Total War? I want a new medieval. That's a good question. What was your favorite Total War? Napoleon. Rome 2, maybe? For me, it's the only one I played, which is Warhammer. Okay, I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the Assassin's Creed Unity of Total War games. I believe this is the thought. I liked Empire. Isn't it Empire, where it was Three the kingdoms? first one add em boats? I mean, em Empire was was fairly buggy. Yeah, um, I liked that launch. Game. Uh, not to the extent Rome Two was, but it was. I mean, up until that point, it was the buggiest. Yeah. Launch had. Hey, yeah. Rome Two was awesome. What do you think? It was buggy though. But dude, I mean, Empire was a disaster at launch. Wasn't it called Empire <laughs> at War? Am I right? Is that what it was? Empire at War? No, it's just War? no, just Empire. Total Empire War, okay. War is the Star Wars RTS. That's what I thought. I was a little confused on that, but yeah, I like that game. It, so I'm basically saying I like the Assassin's Creed Unity of of Total War and, games because it's Na not looking and Napo on Napoleon is sort of the further refinement of it uh, is of yeah. Empire Total War. Yeah, dude, when they when like when they started adding ships and everything, just like yeah, I was I was yeah. so into that. Yeah, the naval combat was was really fun. Yeah. I, I think I can see why so many people had issues with it, but I think it was also the last physical game I ever bought because I still have the physical box. And I remember like liking the art and just being like this, this might be the last one. Um, looking in here, somebody asked something. I want to get to this. Let's see. Um, I'm hoping bright memory infinite hits soon. Wait, I thought that was out. Isn't bright memory. Uh, isn't that the one or two developer game, Martial Arts Cyber Ninja? I thought we got that already. Do you guys remember? Cyber Ninja? Yeah, it's memory, like... Memory, memory, the name rather than... Yeah, Bright Memory game. Infinite was like one guy and he made the game and it was like sword fighting and guns and... Phys or oh, yeah, like no, side. yeah, no, yeah, the, the first person shooter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah, that came out last yeah. year. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. So I think that one's out. Maybe he's, oh, not on an out on Xbox only. I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exclusivity, right? It happens. It's the way it goes. All right. You ready, Silver? Indie game yeah. of the week? It better not be a crybaby, de emo, depressive game, man. I can't <laughs> handle it. You got to have a happy-go-lucky game. <laughs> what is it? Uh, -oh. uh well it's not it's not happy go lucky but Reg did mention it uh it's uh infernax available on game pass when game pass um, infernax let me look this up it's continue a, it's a love letter to uh old school um nes side scrollers like castlevania uh zelda 2 uh ghouls and goblins Ooh. um oh god that game <laughs> <laughs> i loved it but it was hard as shit fucking ptsd uh, this game also also quite difficult really really amazing like 8-bit aesthetic pixel art um really really fun combat very very challenging um very fun bosses uh i'm not very far in yet but i've really really been enjoying it really really solid score particularly because as it sort of maintains that sort of 8-bit aesthetic and that good music can be really difficult to make with that yeah but, but right. it, it, it they, they they really nail it here um, I think it's one of the sleeper indie hits of, of the year so far. Probably will be at, at toward the end of the year as well. Um, I definitely recommend people take a look at it. It also includes actual difficulty options. So if you are someone who has difficulty playing these sorts of games, there is a casual difficulty that, that makes the game much, much easier for you. Uh, so basically, any, nearly anyone can can play through it and enjoy it. And there is also, of course, the classic difficulty, which is what's, what the game has been designed for, and which is uh, fairly challenging. Nice. I'm downloading it. Right this now. is straight up SNES. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like that's that straight up. Pretty, that's a SNES game. Much. Like that's Legend when of I Cage. When I looked at it, I was thinking Ghouls and Goblins. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys yeah. ever do Legend of Cage? Because that was a uh, that was I an NES. Not. Yeah, that was Rastan was the <laughs> other one. It was like a Conan ripoff. Oh, I loved all these old games. There's also there's also uh, a day and night cycle in the game, like there was in Castlevania too, where enemies become much much tougher during the night. Uh, and seventeen ninety nine for people. I posted the link, guys, in the description. If you guys get a chance, huh? See, oh, I re I mean, I really enjoy like um just like the impact your attacks have. Um, I really also, I mean, it, it feels like a, a very deep refinement of the the old school mechanics without some of the flaws. So, like in in the old school sort of two D side scrolling uh, NES games, you often got completely swarmed by enemies like flying enemies going in like patterns over the screen uh this game does not throw that much at you uh but it is difficult nonetheless it it never feels cheap in this difficulty at least not in my experience it feels earned which makes overcoming them that much more satisfying cheap's hard man it's hard not to it's not with difficulty it's hard man it must be so hard to test for some of these games yeah. And and like making sure it's right for some difficulty somewhere because it, it it's often wrong. Hey, speaking of that, Travis, uh, you returned to Demon Souls. Did you find that that was hard? Did you find that difficulty uh, what you expected? Was was it pretty? Um, I found it a lot easier than the original time I played Demon Souls, and I don't know how much of that was playing Dark Souls and Bloodborne afterward. But mm -hmm. my sense of it was just running at 60 frames per second and having rock solid frame rate was a big part of it. Also, it was just easier to see stuff. 
Oh, true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did a lot of work on the lighting in that game. Higher it's resolution. Just, I just found it overall easier to read, you know, and since so much of it is about timing, you know, hit timing, it, I just I just found it a lot easier to tell what the heck was going on. And I did not get as mad when I had to respawn. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I have a lot of people who tell me that, like, you know, when you're younger, your skills better. And I'm like, maybe, but your anger seems to be higher, too. <laughs> like when I die now, sure. I was playing Sifu and it was just getting stomped. And I was never really like, oh, my fucking God. I was like, all right, you know, I get it. Where I remember as a kid, I used to throw controllers against the wall, and I bit through one controller wire one time. Like, <laughs> okay. Remember, right. I was telling you guys, Space Harrier in the Sega Genesis. Mm. There was 18 um, levels, yeah. and I got all the way through, and I got to the 18th level, and I died. And it was that moment when you don't think it's your fault, which is the worst kind yeah. of death in a game. Yeah. And before I even knew what was happening, I whipped it, <laughs> tore it out, and Dude. I was like, that was the only one I had, too. So I was like, well, oh, that, that's when rage I pays you back. When you, that's a life lesson. When you're like, I have to figure out how to buy a new one. I fucked that all up. What were we gonna say, Johnny? Well, I had, well, I have a story related to this, which is when there is a challenge in Final Fantasy X where you have to dodge a hundred, I think, lightning strikes in the planes. By so you have to press X when you see the lightning thing. Oh, okay. So you have to dodge a hundred in a row, right? And if you get hit once, it resets. <gasps> So imagine my it frustration when, like, I think I was, what, 14, 15? I get hit on number 94, yeah. I think it was, oh right? Oh, my God. The controller <laughs> went so hard against the bed, like, I threw it against the bed, that with my window open quite far away, it bounced in the perfect angle so that it actually went out the window. So yeah, yeah, that was that was. I know those feelings. I remember them. Just uh, I, I I forgot to mention something about uh, Infernax, which is one of its big selling points to sort of differentiate differentiate itself. It has uh, a branching narrative, which is you will encounter sort of NPCs, both friendly and not so friendly, uh, throughout the game, and get to decide whether to spare or kill them, which will then deeply affect uh, your your playthrough from there on out. You can like lock yourself out of equipment or gear or stuff by sparing or killing certain characters. Like sparing some characters can bite you in the ass and killing some characters can do the same. So you'll have to sort of make decisions as you go along, some of which can be quite difficult. Gotcha. Um, speaking of like games currently out, I can't talk about Elden Ring, but I can talk about Horizon Zero Dawn. You were talking about di uh, you know dodging a hundred in a row. There's one particular battle in this game in, in, a, in a side mission and this dude, he's got these drones that come up. It's a giant dinosaur. Then it's also got drones that come up and they fly down towards you like a drone swarm and they blow up. And then they've got lasers as well at different times. And it's one of those games where you have to run at full speed and full speed is always one millisecond faster than the explosion. So if you're even slightly off, the explosion will hit you. But if you're not, they'll be like, boom, 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 as you go through it. And I had that thing on 30 FPS and it was, I just could not get it right, man. I could yeah, not get that it. sounds terrible. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I don't want to harp on that because you guys know me. I will tell you straight up. Uh, I'm not a person who will magically think 30 is terrible. I don't, but in games where tight timing starts to come into it, then you start getting that situation where you're like, okay, I need to make sure the input latency is as low as possible. I need to make sure you have a rock solid frame rate and stuff like that. And, uh, I do think, you know, I looked at this game. It's got a favor resolution and a favor performance mode. I was asked, 
what I thought about a middle ground even to that, which is like 1440p, we always joke about, you know, between mm. 4K. And I got to say, with, with Sony finally having that in beta, the Sony has actually, I guess, released in their beta, we'll call it a ring like Xbox, but a 1440 mode of some kind. Um, I'm actually all for that now as I played this mm. and started thinking about it. I'm like, I get it. I get it because the 4K thing we even Dude, I've so often wished for a, for an option because I don't care for the 4K resolution. I want the frame rates and the details. Yeah, so a little sharper, right? Resolution. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, even if they do anti-aliasing, which again Horizon needs, but it sounds like it got patched. Um I think it's great that consoles are starting to do this though, that people can choose. I think it's awesome. Did Dark Souls have a choice or was it 60 I don't remember there being a choice. It okay. was just by default, no. I thought. By, but. by default. I, I would assume because it's their game, only on that, you know, like... That. Well, it doesn't oh, sorry, you, you mean Demons? It's really confined, you know. Yeah, yeah. the PS5 version. Yeah, the PS5 yeah, version. Yeah, I think Demons, Demons had a performance mode. Does it? Maybe I turned it on because I just... I, I don't remember. Well, doing. you wouldn't have jumped in if it felt good, right? Isn't I mean, that it, true? I felt like it was at 60. Yeah. You, no, you might, you might be right, Travis. I think maybe that was the only mode. It's like, no, this is how you're going to play it. And A lot of people are talking about 1080p 120. Xbox has done that with three of their games where they're like, oh. hey, if you want to do, I have a 144. I don't think I would go above. We've talked about where you notice the end, like 60, 120 is around 90. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seems like once you get above that, you're like, mm. it does have a performance mode. It does have a performance mode, but all it does is the 1440p. Okay. It's okay. Game at 1440p. Yeah. So, so, and it's just upscaling it from there. Made so, it 4K or 14, 4K or 1440p. Uh huh. It's nice. I, yeah. I, I don't remember if you just do that the first time you run it or what. I don't remember seeing the option again, but that's clearly what I picked. Neo has it. Neo 2 has it. I mean, um, for the PlayStation. I think that as consoles go forward and we start to get these, the more adjustments and tweaks and cheats, DLSS, AMD zone version, I, I think it all, I mean, like, I want to see more, not less. I, I do think it can be a little confusing because sometimes you get a Spider-Man, which looks amazing. And then you see another game that's like, oh, you can only do FPS. I believe Ratchet was that way for you, Reg, where you were like, you weren't happy well, with the one of the performance Well, the performance that was just broken for me. Okay, it was but, just broken, I see. Okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. Um, But look at Insomniac getting ray tracing into their 60 FPS mode. That's crazy. That's that's just absolutely yeah. nuts. So it's yeah, great to see. Ray tracing performance mode was, I think, the best middle ground. That's the way I played yeah. it. In. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so great to see all this kind of stuff coming to gamers. Accessibility options uh, in Horizon are fantastic. They're not as good as a lot of Microsoft games, but Microsoft has their own sort of s entire sector, yeah. entire part of the Stack. company. Yeah, okay. they're they're very into that. But we saw with Uncharted. We saw with uh, Last of Us, the accessibility options. And I do work with some friends who, uh, especially people who've been wounded. And, you know, if they have an issue with fingers or what have you, seeing these accessibility options is awesome. And oh, yeah. getting a step up there. Um, it's very cool to see these. I hope we start to see these in VR. We were talking about this a couple days ago. What changes you could do in accessibility for somebody who can't stand. Also, some as someone who is slightly colorblind. I really appreciate those options because there are games where, mm. for example, I remember in the in The Witcher Three, because you're like detective vision, right? You right. you need to track red, uh, yeah. like footprints. Yeah. And sometimes they blended with the terrain a lot for me. Oh, really? And so okay. I, so sometimes I I could not 
like find the evidence, uh, you know, because I, I like I was missing stuff, right? I wasn't right. seeing stuff. Right. Well, I think, I mean, this kind of stuff is just, I mean, it's just sort of needed now. It's the biggest entertainment venue. It's like you, you might yeah. as well get as many people to be able to jump into your game. And by the way, so that people know, I'm not saying add an easy mode to your game. I'm talking about accessibility and the ability for somebody to use alternate controllers. Dis right. Difficulty has a yeah. section in that, but I'm talking purely about getting people in. Yeah. I, I think it's amazing. Voice voice needs to be the next thing, though. I just don't care. I want them to start doing voice modes in games where somebody can, you know, use voice a attack. Narrator? Yeah, I mean, no if, voice if attack. Oh, oh using. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. I mean, not so not on, not only voice attack, but also, I mean, voice in general for like, if you're a blind person, good luck uh, playing through a lot of the JRPGs um, <laughs> available on like Steam, where you have just have the text boxes that you have to click through right yeah yeah, yeah I, that's kind of also what i'm waiting for on a lot, a lot of those games we are at the point where the text to speech uh oh it's good ai voices are yeah. really good yeah it's in like every like game if now you can't, too, almost. can't afford actual voice acting then i mean go on give give me the option i've done some crazy stuff with the text to speech for D D, where i've been like oh you know you can have somebody talk and i've done recordings and stuff where it's very close to not being able to tell so yeah, if you if you I mean what Microsoft has Surrey right? Isn't that Microsoft's Surrey or no? No, oh, uh, I thought that was Microsoft's. Right? Oh, Cortana, Cortana. of course. Yes, exactly. Oh, we need text to speech to, say, right? to get there so that we can have games where we can literally say anything we want to NPCs and have them just reply naturally. You know, dude. We need we need I that. Can't wait. Imagine an RPG where you literally have a conversation and not just go through a list. And you're just like, I am killing you now. And they're like, no. <laughs> this is all Basically. my stuff. Now. This is all yeah. my stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, that is that is one of the things I find so fun about uh, the F1 series from Codemasters is you can actually use your voice in that game to give like, commands to your pit crew. Like, I'm yeah, gonna, I want to come in. I want to come in. I want to come in for That's this. Cool tire strategy or whatever or if you get tired of your like engineer constantly giving you a race updates and you're here you can just tell him shut shut up and he'll be quiet <laughs> that's yeah. really funny Dude, yeah that's awesome wait what was the one on dreamcast where you talk to a fish seaman seaman worst name ever dude i'm not lying <laughs> it was a, he looked a little like a sperm he was an ugly and he had an old man face so on a ugly. bass or a trout or something it was yeah. it was so wrong um making sure i get all the super chats before we jump into the next sesh gremlin 117 says finally caught the pot oh sorry text moved finally caught the podcast here in australia love your work and welcome abzi australia is what eight hours ahead of us no australia it's no, new zealand they're they're even like six 12 or 16 right oh it's like yeah they, they are like early morning yeah Good man. Yeah, it's very early morning. Very, Good man. very early. Good man. And thanks to everybody for, for sticking with us. Um, have we talked about everything that we've been playing before we dive back in? Have we? Uh, not quite. I Go mean, I, I haven't dipped that far into Warhammer 3 because it's, I mean, a little over a dozen hours. It's a massive game, so that's not that far. Um, scratching the surface, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I play through the prologue, um, that, that, like the game's tutorial. Um, I agree with people that it's probably the best tutorial uh, Creative Assembly's ever done. It reminds me nice. a lot of the like prologue tutorial campaigns they did for like Empire and uh, Rome 2. Uh, but a lot more narratively focused. Um, I'm not quite as impressed by, by the narrative as a lot of others. It does end with a really, really cool cinematic. Um, 
that 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 is a really well told narratively but like the way the narrative is structured through the campaign itself i didn't find that engaging mm -hmm. but um but man there's a lot of really really amazing work here i mean if i just have to add to pick up one thing the animations like the attention to detail with the units with the way they move is just absolutely astounding i mean there's so much love and care put to this i mean you look at some of the nurgle units um and you're kind of you're, you kind of have to be amazed that the game didn't get uh like an 18 rating because some of the like the great unclean ones have like an animation where they bend over pour diarrhea over their enemies as little nurglings pour out as well and then you have like a little tiny nurgling dancing in the rain of diarrhea as the other nurglings are pouring out That's some creative <laughs> motherfuckers sure, there sure. God damn. which is uh you know it's not something you necessarily what you should you, you, you should have expected from nurgle but uh Holy but it is nonetheless surprising when you see it and um and the game is just full of like like the, the nurglings as well they're just these little critters that basically swarm and they just basically sort of spilled each other up into like larger people like by standing on top of each other and stuff so that they can beat on on their enemies um like the way they're animated it's it's so good um and the way like slanesh was this sort of really graceful slithery sort of um army with the way their units move also just feels really organic and natural um and thematic to to what the units are supposed to be um like my favorites though are, are like the, the horrors from Sinch, um mostly because of their voice work which is the voice work being another stellar part of the game um as well as the soundtrack which is probably the best in total war warhammer so far um but but the voice work for like <laughs> the horrors of Sinch in particular is just absolutely hilarious um like they, they nail it uh it's it's really good so far. There are there are some bumps in the road. Um, I've, people have had a lot of performance issues. I haven't, but I have had a bl massive blur issues, lot like with um, Horizon, what you did, what you described, uh, Carrick, with a um, TAAA aliasing uh, being on on by default, and I have to switch over to FXAA to sort of get it get it unblurred, and then it will actually randomly sort of switch back to TAA <laughs> annoyingly, and, and everything will get sort of blurry like it's um, uh, depth of field uh, sort of blurry thing, uh, which, which is annoying. But, uh, but I'm liking it so far a lot. Yeah, I'm going to play yeah, more. I got, of a, this got a question about, uh, like, uh, because you usually know about that stuff. Uh, I've seen that it's a mixed rating. Is that like some review bombing going on again? It's it's complicated. It's a mix of, of all kinds of things. There are Chinese uh, players review bombing the game, and there's a number of reasons for that. Some of that ties back into stuff um, crossing over from Three Kingdoms, uh, Total War Three Kingdoms, and how that game basically just ended support kind of out of nowhere with, without oh. any really prior notice okay. to people. Right. And so... Um, now with the promotional campaign for like Warhammer, Sega did that. Creative Assembly did not, but Sega basically put the game out to streamers who um, like beauty streamers and stuff who weren't really gamers and didn't know what Total War was, and so they got the game while streamers who actually played Total War didn't get access to the game, okay. and so you had streamers that were sort of dissing on the game, dissing on the community and stuff. Um, 
And so the Chinese community basically felt like they were being overlooked. And so their their review bombing is basically sort of a, an attempt, just an attempt to get attention from from Creative Assembly. Right. As even if it, I mean, it's it's stupid, <laughs> but it is just a sort of um, uh, impotent sort of outcry. You got to figure uh, out a way around review bombing, but still able to give data to the yeah, yeah right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's that's so, not the forum. No, it's not the forum. And no. what if Joe Bob over here is a different team? Like Syndicate had this issue with Unity, Syndicate, and Rogue, where it's different teams. So it's like, oh, we're going to have an issue with Unity or whatever. Let's bitch about all games or whatever. And you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why aren't we bitching about this game? This game is the issue. These people who worked on this may not be the same people. You're you're just... Exactly. The product, as a review, it's not a review of the product. You should have a, a Yelp review for the company. You know, where you can say the company dropped some kind of support for this game, and that's a shitter. But it sucks because it sounds like it's good. Crashes suck. Definitely people should report that. But man, PC, dude, I got to tell you, I did QA for two big games, and the idea of doing QA for a Total War Warhammer game <laughs> makes yeah, me I mean, sick to my stomach. That, that scale, that amount of variables. Dude, that, dude uh, happen to go, does the does yeah. the thing do 1% more damage? What's 1%? And you just... Well, yeah. also, just, yeah. just imagine it when they bring in number one and number two. Exactly. Well. Dude, it's, it's yeah. like at some point, you should just be like, it's our version of a mod, people. Like, I, like, just admit, just be like, this is our version of a mod, so report problems because we're just not going to try. There's just too many. When we talked to um, the last couple developers who've come on who said, you know, it doesn't matter how much you practice and, and look and QA, uh, one small audience is 7,000 times bigger than that, you know, and they're going to find shit you just won't even be prepared for. I remember Victor was talking to me about even when they were letting people stream the first Vermintide, like they were watching the Twitch while it happened and talking to him because they knew th certain things would come up and you just had to jump on it right away. I'm glad the game's doing well though. Overall. I mean, it seems like people love it. It's like, and I love I mean, Warhammer. It's, it's, so. it's been, it's been outselling uh, Elden Ring on steam the last couple of months. So, all right, cool. Well, Elden Ring's on everything. I still think that that, like, yeah. I still think that no, that I'm, might impact it. True. I mean, I, I think that's true. I just don't know. I don't hear people talk about Total War, but sometimes I think that's because they've already chosen to buy it. Does that make sense? Like they're not even entering right. into the discussion because that's their yeah. de facto I mean, purchase. It is the third one in a series. Yeah, and and it, by the way, of Warhammer, which p if people are old like me, you remember Warhammer had a lot of shit ears. Like Warhammer had the, some of the yeah. shittiest ports ever for years of their stuff, and then we got Space Marine, and we started getting better stuff than it. And we got. Bad. I mean, it kind of started turning around with Shadow of the Horned Rat, which wasn't great but for like what we had at the time it Stepped was good it <laughs> yeah um travis mm. let's let's do this your book <laughs> so yes. let's get the whole skinny on this because i did not know and when i talked to you a month or two three maybe four on twitter i can't remember uh at that time i, I had only heard you were doing the audiobooks themselves and all that stuff didn't know you were writing I, had you decided to do this prior I did it for fun. I did it uh, during National Novel Writing Month back in November. What's that? Niwa or whatever? Isn't there a uh, name? NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Thank, thank National you. Novel Writing Month. You're okay. supposed to you write X words a day. You try and get it done in a month. Okay. And I did it for fun. And I had a writing buddy and did it. I, I like writing. I've written a bunch of short stories and stuff. I've always enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I wanted to write something. So 
I did. And uh, my friend uh, Avon, who's another narrator, agreed to do it at the same time. And so we just kind of kept each other on track and got done. And I liked it. And I was like, well, I work with authors all the time, so I might as well go through the publishing process on their side. I like to know how things work. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through the full edit. We'll get everything formatted for eBooks. Uh, I can record an audio book because, hey, I know how that works. Right. And I'll go through the full publishing yeah. process. I'll do print. I'll do paperbacks. I'll do everything because you can now. And so I decided to do that. I got a cover artist I really liked, uh, Carson Miller. He does, uh, I think he's doing a bunch of Smite art right now. Um, and went through the whole cover production process. Um, and turned out the book was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, you learn all the things that you don't want to put in a book after reading other people's books out loud. <laughs> right. And the things that you do, you know, because you're like, oh, well, this is the boring bit. I don't want to do this. You know, I really like this. I respond to this. This is great. Um, and uh, yeah, so it comes out on Tuesday. Um, I ended That's up exciting. I ended up showing yeah. cover art last week and it kind of or not last week uh last month and it kind of blew up and i was like oh crap i guess i better do the i guess i better set the pre-order up right now and the pre-order was uh, honestly crazily successful like very unusually successful so i'm made back anything i spent on it within a day oh that's great um, oh dude that's awesome uh so now let's just put it out there and see what happens and i had like wait dude so did you do a like an audible like an audiobook version for this oh yeah i already read it. it i pushed the button to start it going through publication right now so it should show up anytime within the next three days oh i'll pick it up that's but it awesome. everything it's got paperbacks i even went through all the nonsense my proof for uh that goes through like the ingram which is like the paperback public or the book publication network that bookstores mm. use and libraries uh there's a version that's set up for that i'm like literally the proof for that could show up any second. And as soon as well, I approve it, I can turn on like worldwide distribution for paperbacks. Um, but yeah, it's exactly the opposite of what I read out loud every day. So, um, you know, it's super interesting when, sorry, just one tidbit, like when the author also reads the book, cause I, I listen to a lot of audible, but generally those are yeah. separate jobs. But I know, mm -hmm. for example, Neil Gaiman, who's yeah, a great writer, he, you know, he's really has a good storytelling. He has a voice nice voice. Well. Yeah. Most yeah. authors don't. Most <laughs> authors. And, and it's a specific skill that you build over time to be able yes. to read out loud, just like writing or anything else or yeah. voice acting. So um, it's nice to be able to just do it. It also means I can enter. There's always like uh, some section or any on any audiobook awards for like author narrated stuff. And now I can kind of get in there and fuck shit up. Boom. So, yes. <laughs> Everybody, his <laughs> link for his uh, website is in there, and you're gonna put when the when you get all this stuff, are you you're gonna put it on that website too, right? So people can find it. Easily. I've got a books. I've got a books like link on my website. Great. Um, it's on. Out, it's just on Amazon anyway. It's easy to find if you actually want to find it. It's called Legends and Lattes. It's a cozy fantasy book. I Ooh. basically all the time. So I read Gamelit and progression fantasy, lots of genre fiction. So it's all basically some white dude between the age of like 16 and 32 who was fighting some world ending threat. Right. And that's I, I read a lot of that. And that gets, can be really fun. But after you've read a couple of hundred of those, it's like, I, I, I would like to read something else now. Right. So, have you <laughs> so far in your reading of audiobooks, have you done not the hero worship moment, but if you got one that you were really excited to get, I mean, I know that many are exciting, but has there been one particular book that you got to read that um, you were like, oh, I mean, Will White's that. Cradle series is always awesome. Awesome. It's, yeah. And it's 
the only thing that's ever gotten me on the NYT and it's they're great. They're just really fun. He's a great guy. His family is great. He's an indie author that like hit number one on Amazon. So with his own, this is really, really rare for like mm -hmm. multiple days, number one on Amazon with a series that like sells more units every book over the previous ones. And he's somebody who knows how to write just a, a good, satisfying book. Um, they're a ton of fun. If you've never read Will White's Cradle series, it's freaking great. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see, especially, you know, we, we talked about this being better for your brain and better for your stress level to do oh, this yeah. versus gaming. Uh, it's also awesome to see you, you are definitely somebody who's like, oh, I'll just do another thing. I'll just do another thing. Because it is easy to get stuck in one thing. Be like, oh, I'll make another game. And you're like, nah, I'm going to read audiobooks. No, nah, I'm going to write my own. Like, is there, I mean, at some point, are you going to be rapping? You're going to be did, like, we did, we did rap battles last year. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We had, we had narrator rap battles. There we yeah. go. Oh, uh, yeah. Terrible. I mean, it, it's cool to see somebody like that because a lot of people, uh, it can be very easy for somebody to like aim at something. They don't hit it just right. And they keep some, I, I do believe in hard work and keep trying, but there are times where you're like, okay, like you said, some authors voices aren't the greatest. So yeah. if they were, let's say doing narration they may not get as much work because it just it sounds a certain way but there's other places they can do well and i think it's very well, easy is, to get stuck. even if you do well at it even if you're good at it once you've done something for 20 years it's okay i i i understand this industry i've done this right can i do other things with my life yeah i mean i have to limit myself to one kind of experience for the rest of my life just because i spent yeah. this long learning to do it well honestly that's what the the book i wrote is about is like Hey, I've been doing this forever. This is what I know. This is what I'm good at. I don't. I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. I can just do something else and learn a different craft and enjoy that process of learning and interact with different kinds of people because it's just super different. I, audiobooks could not be more different than the games industry. Mm. It just could not be more different. It's a really diverse group of people. Everybody's perspectives are totally different. It's it's really nice and it's honestly smaller than it seems like it should be. So it's like a relatively small group who everybody knows each other and is just very, very helpful. So you could you could walk into a room with the most famous audiobook narrator on the planet who will just sit down and talk to you and happily trade pointers with you. And there's just there's not this sort of like stratification of success. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've always really wondered about how I mean, I think with games, there's the nerd and then like the console warrior and that all sort of gets boiled up into this. And you obviously have it with novels because. You know, you have like Dean Koontz versus Stephen King. Who's the better horror writer? Whatever. But it. Yeah, very tribal. It's. I saw fights happen SNES versus Genesis. Like people punching each other in the face. And that's the yeah. height of stupid. Like when you're yeah. sitting back and you're watching two people punch each other in the face over a piece of plastic, you're like, let's just have the aliens nuke us now because we're fucked. And I think for, for whatever reason, books, even if you do like one thing, you don't like one thing. Unless you're really in a highfalutin forum somewhere. Because, I, dude, I've liked books. Talk to somebody. And instead, there's something giving about books when you talk about them. At least that's what I've felt. Is, Those people are nice people. Yeah. And, and even if I'm like, oh, I like this. And they're like, well, I like this. Instead of it being like, well, we're better than. There's this weird, oh, well, that's cool. Why do you like that? There's something about it that's just a softer discussion. Even if there's an argument. As opposed to gamers, Dude, it's like, yeah, you can't yeah. like this. Or even, I, and, no, I, and I'm even like saying, like. I'm suck. even saying, rap yeah. music and stuff, it can get harsher. There's something mm. about literary, in particular, when audio and literary stuff that is a little. And I'm not talking about like once we start, you know, 
start saying who's the best historical author. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about normal people talking because I, I don't think those people are fucking normal. Acceptance that not every book is for everybody. Yeah, exactly. everybody just implicitly understands this. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Be, this book doesn't have to be made for me. And you're yeah. right, Travis, because what happens in games? Oh, they don't have exactly what this other game has doesn't have the bullet point i want yeah it doesn't yeah. have the bullet point i want where in books it isn't it's true there's it's, not an expectation you can change it if a game doesn't have what you want you lobby for a patch oh, oh let's true change the ending let's do this if a book is written you're just like well i guess it won't <laughs> patch me. books though. but i'll tell you yeah. what can you put I, a few well, paragraphs i, mean, I would tell you what you should Kindle. because what if you were reading a book and it was missing page 37 that's well, and that's <laughs> and you do fix those yeah but no i mean i'm just saying in games right. that's the one yeah. positive about games is you can but what i get mad about is a game like let's say dlc is pulled out to be sold later mm -hmm. and you're like thir page 37 through 50 are missing in my book like something's yeah. missing something holistic and they're like horse armor and you're like you son of a bitch like, we pay two bucks and we'll give them pay two bucks and we'll give you horse armor <laughs> it, it is so cool to see that and it's cool to see you know, we've been talking like Anthony and Gruber, voice actor for games, movies. He played like Harrison Ford's as as a young kid uh, in a movie and stuff like that. And hearing him talk about it, it does seem like voice actors as well are have a different. Um, there's something different there that just it's like they're still pulled away enough from games. They don't usually get pushed. And in. it's not the same as actor actors, too. It's really right. a lot different than like actual like screen actors. It's a really different kind of vibe. Yeah. So one of the cool things about switching over is that, especially if you're switching from another industry, is that it's almost you get to kind of like cheat at a few things because you're bringing over stuff you learned from somewhere else mm -hmm. into an industry that hasn't benefited from it. So I did voice acting. Well, I read a lot of game lit. I'm probably the only game lit narrator who actually made games. So oh, I have a right. specific kind of perspective on yeah. like how you would deliver some of this stuff. If you know, if you're reading off a stat or a, or an announcement or whatever, I have a specific perspective on that. That's that's mine and nobody else has um and a more technical i wrote a bunch of the software that i use every day to record so i have adobe audition but it didn't have some functionality i wanted so i'm an engineer i just sat down and wrote the thing i needed to right. do the work the way i wanted most narrators don't have this advantage so and then again you take all that and you roll it over to writing a book i've just now ingested hundreds and hundreds of people's books in a very fine toothed way <laughs> you know, evaluating what works, what doesn't, what I like, what's easy to translate. And now when I sit down to write a book, I get to take advantage of all of that. So it's kind of cool to be able to move Bring it experience all. from industry to industry Together. because it, you, you get more out of it. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. 100%. And can put more into it. Yeah. Um, uh, Johnny, do we have any questions in Discord to wrap this up? I didn't realize we were uh, already at one. I think, yeah, I, I think we have a couple questions there. So Let's this one from New Uclastic. Hey, Carrick, i really been enjoying your Walking the Walk videos, so thank you for those. Wanted to ask you if you have any insight into the development behind some of the details you mentioned. Using the lumber mill in Horizon as an example, do you think developers specifically designed these locations systems during pre-production and world building, or are the details behind locations and systems like that uh, more of a passion project by devs? Uh, for that one, it was, I, I can speak distinctly for that one because they talked about it in a GDC, which is where I get 90% of my data unless I DM a, a developer. But with, with that, what they did was they decided to build the tribes geographically first, which I thought was awesome. So they didn't even have an idea of what the tribes were like. They said, this tribe lives in the mountains, this tribe lives in the plains. What would happen? Like, how would they trade? Would they trade less? Would they be like mountain men and a little bit crazy? 
Would they be just a little off, like, you know, you see in, like, the Deliverance movie? Exactly how would they do things? How would we, you know, how would they build stuff? And what they decided was this one group that they had, they were like, oh, we're coiled. Rope works better. This material is available without manufacturing, so they would use that. And then they got to wood. And they just, when they drew in the rivers, they have, like, gray boxing in those kind of games where they sort of say, this is a building, this is a building, but there's no textures on it. And then they also have a thing like, this is a building that doesn't matter, but we want it to show something. And then a sawmill becomes a thing. And, and dude, Horizon Zero Dawn is nuts. It's got sawmills connected to like a mile away connected to a quarry. And you can actually see the, the, the barges at one place with, with like wood and rocks on them. And then at the other place, you can see them where they've been packed up to be shipped there. And the thing is, is they sell it by just showing that that's all you need. A gamer will buy into it. They don't need to see it moving down the river. They're like, oh, this is here and this is down the river. That's that's how it moved. Where Origins, they showed it. In Origins, that's the one positive. Assassin's Creed, Ubisoft, they have so much money. And Ubisoft was like, dude, let's show people moving and stacking rocks and building something. And then somehow it'll get knocked down. <laughs> one Horizon's person's career. Oh my God, dude. When I did the walking the walk for the first watchdogs, they were saying they sent, I believe, I could be wrong on the number, but it was well over a hundred people to Chicago. And this is, I don't know how this isn't illegal. They recorded audio of people on the street, including cell phones and discussions and then translated those using their voice actors to make the city feel alive. And I was like, you listen to voice? So like, is that even legal? Like, would you have to tell people you're recording them? But they, all that kind of stuff gets into the game and Horizon does a great job because dude, one tribe, they even made it so that in one tribe, our agriculture and stuff, they're, they're like with grain, sacks of grain planting it. And then you go to another tribe and they have specialty people. So one of the things they said is in some tribes, if there's less people, you couldn't have specialists. There's They have to be able to do everything. So you see a person who's stacking stuff also fighting in arena. But in the other tribes, they're like the militant tribes. And you see just the young men and just the aged guys fighting with swords. And you see all the kids, women, older people doing the food gathering. And it, it's it, only nerds like me care. I think only fucking 1% of gamers would even pick up on that. But to me, I was like, dude, it's fucking different people. And I was just marching around every city and they're going like, look at that. Look at that. Like they even decided how to put wicker buildings on top of radar dishes after like thousands of years. Like how much weight could it hold? Could it hold a small village if, if the village was wicker instead of All steel? Right. I thought to me, that was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, this is fucking, that's why I spent like two hours talking about dying clothes in that walk in the walk. Yeah. Just I so love that stuff. sort of world building stuff. I think um, it's the, nuts. one thing that impressed me, I don't know if you went over it, but you were just walking around in the walking the walk. And we never see this in games, but like this NPC was just walking and he just stumbled randomly. Yeah, dude. Me, no, that happens like, a lot shit, in that that's game. Incredible. Yeah. Somebody posted that, like, by the way, just in, the, in the YouTube. And somebody people posted do stumble that. in real life. Right? Yep. Yep. And there's one where that's he picks crazy. up a box and he it's... uses his thigh to, he uses his thigh to help pick the box up to, to his like, chest. To like lift it. Dude, I was just yeah. like, what the fuck? And like I said, nobody's going to notice that. People will be like, that's dumb. I'm like, no, man. That's game. To, like, that's somebody having the it's money incredible. and the time to say, let's put that in the game and, and make it make sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to, to something Victor talked about last time, right? Which is that you have like a, a, a developer working on like something like an animation or something in a game for like for months and then like maybe only 
five percent of players will see it or notice it yeah. or whatever. But even the fact that that part is sort of in the game helps really sort of solidify the the world and and immerse the player in it, even yeah. if they never sort of pay pay attention to it or or really actively see it. They they might passively see it as it were. Yeah, it's very cool. What? Uh, what yeah. Let's do one more question, Johnny, and then I have a super chat, and we'll wrap this up. Sure. Yeah, um, that was the follow-up, by the way, uh, that you guys just answered, so that was perfect. And then one more question here. Let's go to Magic Gnome. With Meta or Facebook's move to normalize VR, I see it crip, uh, cropping up in many different social groups. The ex execution? execution of resident evil was pretty breathtaking but what do you think they will do with gta san andreas and will this be a kickoff to remake old classics in vr playing on the 2021 2022 nostalgia train that seems to be hitting the industry that's a very wide it's kind of that's, all that's over a lot the place. that's all over the place i yeah i mean if somebody wants i mean that's all over the place. I don't even really know. Is he just saying, like, are we going to see more games that were pancake version turning into VR? Maybe. So I, I guess one of the things is, like, one of the things is Facebook with the, uh, with the Quest, right, is making it a bit more mainstream. Sure. Like the VR thing. And so I guess then he kind of pulls from that to say, will it become more mainstream to the point where we see like remakes uh, of older games become commonplace where they can just like, you know, be made available to. Yes. I mean, we'll get at least one. I mean, it's going to happen for sure. There's, there's do, already. Do you think an old VR game stuff. like, like San Andreas can, can look decent in VR? Can they like polish it up in some way for VR? Dude, we, <laughs> we had that issue with the trilogy. That rough. was, that yeah. was trash looking. It VR is tough, man, because you want it to look good. I mean, too. San Andreas VR is happening, so we'll see sooner or later. That's a oh, mod, boy. though, isn't it? Is that a mod, Reg, or is that real? No, I think that's like some some actual product. Yeah, so I think, um, and it'll look it'll look rough. It's yes. difficult, man. You got to make, but you also got to make them run well, double the frame yeah, there rate. There we go. Usually. O Ocul o Oculus VR and Rockstar Games. So that's an official. VR thing. So we'll have our answer to that. But um, so yes, the answer is still yes. Yeah, we'll get somebody to okay. do something. But I mean, there's, dude, VR is weird because you have modders who are modding VR into so many games. Life is Strange, GTA Five. Yeah, into games you would never imagine. Into games you would. Work. Life is Strange is a 17 year old girl's journey about ESP. It's one of my favorite games ever. But I never would have woke up and said, "Boy, that needs to be VR really fast." Like that's, who thinks that? But VR is awesome, man. VR is incredible. And the more people that buy it is great. It's just that Facebook sucks donkey balls. Like, yes. you don't want Facebook. I don't even care in just anything. about the, in anything. <laughs> I don't want to sign into a VR head, to a head, to something I buy. Like, imagine buying a car and they're like, if you don't also blah, 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 the car will just randomly stop occasionally. You'd be like, no, fuck you. I'm not buying that car. But we, a lot of people buy the Oculus not knowing that if they lose their account, or if it merges with the wrong one, they're screwed. And that or sucks. Or it's getting banned, or it's, yeah. Or it's getting, getting banned, and you can get banned from some of this stuff for some, wrong, for some like, stuff that isn't really a, a good reason to be banned. But it's a good question. Travis, do you have anything else to pimp? 
Uh, you got any new games or any new uh, books that are that are not your own as well that are coming out um, that you're reading or anything? Anything you got Constantly, going on? Constantly, but you know, <laughs> like five or six a month. So, <laughs> I still can't believe that's, that number. That's the, yeah. But you said I'm five out. to seven hours a day, right? I, I record about three finished hours a day, which is me being three in the booth hours. for like five to six hours. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't take very many days off. <laughs> well, I mean, My schedule's too thick. So, and I think sometimes, I mean, you, you know, as a younger guy, whatever you look at the money you can make and you're like, oh, I could just be sitting here and talking. Might as well do it. It happens to YouTubers too. We're all be playing the nice a game. Thing and is, like, eh. I have a hard limit. I really can't work more than five or six hours in the booth. Or the, my voice wears out. Your voice. So wears I, out, yeah. But I can work every day. So, um, okay. and my schedule is nuts. So I, I there's like two hundred and I don't know two hundred ten books on the schedule or something. So really twenty five sometimes. So I I have plenty to do. So, so I just basically just keep rolling through them. Are you sometimes so you're turning? You must be turning down jobs then. Um, I just tell them when I can schedule them mm. and gotcha. then they decide. Um, I mean, it's, Damn. it's a little more flexible than that because mm, 70 to 80% of those books aren't even written. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. so they may get rescheduled or they may not make their date. So it's like constant air traffic control. Like, Oh, your book's not ready, but that one is, let's pull this one over here. Oops. It's a little bit too long. You know, you, it's, you just get very Zen about it pretty that's, fast. That's nuts. Uh, anybody and make sure to check. I'll post his uh, link here in the description or in the chat again. Make sure to check out his stuff. He's got his novel rocking it in anytime today. It sounds like uh, it comes well. out on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday it should be Tuesday. Yep. Uh, Johnny, what are you streaming? Uh, I'm streaming Forbidden West tomorrow. My first impressions of that. That's it. Just Forbidden West. Just Forbidden West. No yeah. Lost Ark. And no, no, we streamed Lost Ark this week. I was playing that after finishing Dying Light 2. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, anybody else streaming anything? Silver, are you putting anything up on your channel? I may, I mean, I would like to stream some uh, Total War Warhammer if I can, like try and do like a narrative sort of role play campaign um, just to get get an impression of the story and whatnot and relay that. Um, but, uh, whether, whether that materializes or not from real life, uh, I, I don't know. Bobby Hill has a super chat question for Travis. And I do want to read this super chat question. Right. So he says, any advice on preparing clips for publishers? He wants to get into reading audiobooks. Uh, any best starting mic for a newbie? Um, gosh, I have a whole video on all the equipment you need on my YouTube. Uh, and that is Travis Baltry on the YouTube, right? Me find it i've got a whole playlist of basically all this stuff uh if you want to get a lot of really fast information there is a site called narratorsroadmap.com awesome so there's actually yeah, by the way .com has a ton of stuff on it that will answer a bunch of questions you can dm me on twitter or, or whatever and i can get you more information yeah okay. i was gonna say travis you, you do have very good acoustics it sounds like yeah I noticed that because we have some shit acoustic people you no, know, come on the no podcast reverb. and it you're helps, like, uh, it helps to work in a triple wall box with right. acoustic treatment on every wall. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there you sure. go. There's your answer. Um, you can also check with him. And then uh, if you, if you need, you can DM me and I can send you any of uh, his suggestions as well. If you don't use Twitter, because I know some people who watch actually don't use Twitter here. Um, but yeah, check it out. And I, I got to always say, man, like, having Travis on here doing a different thing coming in and out of games and all that kind of stuff I think that's the important takeaway is especially right now with COVID it's a good time to try stuff out guys 
because and adapt yeah. and adapt because you might be stuck in a not to say a dead end job or whatever but you may now might be the time where you find out you have a good audience for something that's why i always tell people start your youtube now don't wait around you've got the best captive audience you will ever have in our history never too late it's, never too late yeah and just and just do it and see if it works out because travis is bouncing around like i said i was joking about battle rap and he randomly was doing that so it's like that's the best way to do it and find something that maybe you really love and um it's a good oh, time yeah. to do it and you d also i will tell people especially with youtube travis can say differently if he believes this for audiobooks but i will say one thing don't outspend your starting ideas though so i see a lot of people try to spin their way into success they'll be like i need the best mic i need the best mm. blah 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 and i'll be like eh, not yet you just get into it first but i don't know if that's the same with audiobooks probably not you can, all the equipment you need you can get for probably 500 bucks or less total total okay and some used it helps if you know that's mostly that's mostly new um you oh, could okay. you could get maybe some slightly higher end you know mics have good resale but yeah you don't need to there's just no point um the main thing is just a place to record especially if you got a walk-in closet with clothes in it you're halfway there yeah so. for sure <laughs> deaden that sound completely dude I was telling people, man, I've I, I've done it before. Put a if you have like a sharp, you know, good bounce and you don't want it, you can put a towel over it. Like there's Dude, weird was, stuff was, you can do. I was auditioning for like voice acting gigs for mods, and I would put a, like a blanket on top oh, of me and the mic. It's ridiculous, and and it worked well. When yeah. I first did a lot of recordings, I had a box, a cardboard box with egg foam in it, and it would put the mic in that, and it sounded completely. It just wouldn't allow it out, and I had hardwood floors. Put a rug down, boom, killed like you know 20 percent of the sound bouncing around so well travis i want to say dude thanks for fate you started me out with fate one of my favorite games of all time it's so surreal to talk to you after we had just talked about this in the discord but thanks for fate torchlight the galaxy games. galaxy yeah. yeah it's just it's awesome for having you on thanks for playing any of them so yeah oh well they're all good <laughs> yeah, man. we were joking yeah. about that we were like dude he's had a pretty like his career's pretty i mean for me and my games you know i know some people may not like them but for me i did cut my teeth on like Diablo style games with fate. So it was cool to see that. And, and just really, man, whatever you do, I, I wish you success. It seems like you're going to be next time we talk to you, you'll be like, Hey, I race bikes. <laughs> I decided to, I'm taking up sculpting, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks to everybody who's had a chance to sit down and talk with us and uh, listen to Travis talk about his story, going through life, doing random different things. I guess that's it for us. Uh, anybody have any last words? Oh, it's been a pleasure, Travis. That's, yeah, quite. That's all. Yeah, definitely. Sure. All right, peace out, everybody. Thank you very much for watching.